0: It's going to sound okay. It's going to sound awesome. You sound really confident. Oh, wait. I mean, it looks
1: confident. Well, I mean, if Clayton's doing it, it's going to work eventually. <laughs> Unless it's a piece a piece of machining equipment. Oh, hey. are we still not running on the machine? No, it didn't go well today. It's, it's not good. It's... Is it because of the drive? Uh, I, oh, I don't think not
0: I don't. I don't know what it is, to be honest. I'm about to give up. We got somebody coming to look at it, though. Who may or may not know how to fix it. <laughs> oh, he'll know how to fix it. If not, he'll make something up and make it work. Who's that? Jeff Burkhart. Oh. He works at Fenton's. He helps me out with a lot of stuff at work. Oh. Is he actually pretty good? Oh, he's amazing at it. He's insanely good. Oh he is. Everybody good. who needs anything calls him because he's like really smart
1: at it. I, I didn't I know maybe... if he was
2: that good or if he just bullshitted his way through everything. Oh no, he's that good. I can
1: make he's, I can, he's good. I can maybe get my buddy Tom when it comes to the, he's came like the last two July 4th parties, brought his dog. Oh, yeah. He's an electrician. Did he figure out a way to rewire Megan Hoffman yet? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't think there's any fixing that wiring disaster. I am going to be so drunk if we're starting to drink these Voodoo Rangers.
1: Hey, you can always switch over to the Coors Lattes. Listen,
0: he hates if them. I wanted water, I'd just drink water. I have more Modellos upstairs
2: if you want to take it easy i mean there's bourbon behind you too oh my
1: so God. are we recording oh that's yes. yeah okay cool are we are we doing this podcast just bullshitting kind of i had a basic like well, idea behind it well because like i can't stand the scripted questions that it everybody has oh no exactly.
2: we're not scripting nothing right i have like a couple of things i wanted to script
1: like we can ask questions but like i've listened to some podcasts and it's like like there was one some i forget i think it might have been actually i think it was michael waltrip listening to his podcast he had a few years ago and it just doesn't have anymore more because it it's sucked, not good and if you if you binge listen to him it's the same exact podcast yeah he asked the same stupid questions and then there's the whole
2: fucking list of accomplishments thing, and like all that bullshit. Well,
1: he would like ask questions and say, and then say, "Well, let me tell you what my favorite drivers are." Like, who gives a shit? We've already heard it fifteen thousand times. Yeah, I, you it know. Sucks.
2: No, I had like, there was one like really good question. I think I wanted to ask everybody because I've never heard anybody ask it.
0: Uh, oh, this ought to be rich. No,
2: <laughs> which. Would be like, no matter who's in the chair. Why did you start racing? Mm. Like for you,
0: that's a that's a stupid question, because of like your dad's situation.
1: Yeah, but probably but, a lot of people don't know that. I was
0: going to say, but it's still something that needs to be asked. Like right. a lot of
1: people never expected me to race, hmm. because.
2: Okay, don't get too into this because I'm going to. Yeah, ask, we're going to have to ask oh. you again. <laughs> but, so just but, hang on. And then but how, how, I thought, how long do we want to do this? I for? thought that. I'm not even putting a time cap on it. Just
0: fucking yeah, go like until we're bored. No, I mean this recording part right now. Are we just gonna get off the rip? Yeah, and I'm, start gonna, to well, I'm
2: gonna go. I'm gonna go like finish with what my, the basic idea is. That way he has a clue and you have a clue because it's just all in my head. And then we'll listen to some of it and make sure it sounds good. And then go.
3: I mean, okay. I got so it.
2: my. But I, I thought like that question would be interesting to ask somebody like it may that didn't come from a racing family right and why they started
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah but who would that even be who do we know that races right now that didn't come from a racing family okay you know what no that's a question for the podcast never mind well
1: we are kind of recording (laughs) it's a fair question
0: yeah no but we got to like do an intro or something has anybody thought of a name yet no we can ad lib all that in later oh my god that's just editing though if we could do it all without editing then it'll be fine but I don't I don't have all that information yet. Oh my god.
1: We'll think of that later.
2: Dumping that in with the software is easy. Dumping you in with the software is and easy. And actually
1: Sid can help us too. Cause she's been doing podcasts at like scripted podcasts at school.
0: Why are we just now learning this?
1: Shit, Ricky just figured found this out Monday and so, she's god like damn, she's, what the fuck? She's, she's gonna get her to uh help her edit. Because they they use Apple too,
0: dude. That totally came across my mic. Good, I think. Don't hold I? Back. I think. It, I don't know. I do have my gain turned way down, so it might not. Up, but it looked like it did.
2: We only have two rules:
0: no N word, which is going to be fucking the hardest for me, and, and no R word. No R word. The R word. Retarded. You
1: oh, can. Fuck. Yeah, I know, dude. It's going I say. You know, not advanced, but the opposite.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah that's fine with me. I guess retarded price fine. It's a hey, racing podcast. What, We're talking what, about timing. What does everybody Well yeah, okay, that's different. What's everybody think about the word queer? Queer's hey, well,
2: it, that's on a there's a goddamn acronym for it, you can say it. I freaking <laughs> I uh
1: well I, I went down a rabbit hole the other day of watching the old Saturday night live, uh Saturday night live skits of Dub Bears. Dub uh, Bears. Dub Bears. The Bears. You know, them whole them guys, like it's the George, I think his name is George Went, the guy <laughs> from Cheers. And then Chris Farley was on it. And they go, Chris Farley goes, hey, it says here that the 49ers are favored to win the Super Bowl. And I thought it played in good with this year. And then the other guy goes, Ah, you know, that'll make happy. Ah, queers. <laughs> I was on the ground just dying.
0: Oh, I mean, it's gonna work.
2: (laughs) All right, so this is trial number one with Rick Siblo.
0: What a shitty intro. That's okay.
2: We'll fix it later. You fucked it all up. I'm not even getting doing it. We'll do that later. We'll do that and then put it in the beginning. I
0: didn't fuck it up. Listen.
1: You're yeah, you gotta say you? like,
0: Yo, yeah, I am," but this is gold right here.
1: You gotta say like, "Okay, <laughs> it, we're, this is the such such blah, 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 Saturday Night Special podcast with Emerson Huffman, No, we're not doing that. Clayton. Rick Sibley, and Clayton. follows too much of a template. <laughs> That's the only part of the template we're even gonna have. We only gotta have it for the first couple, and then after that, we don't give a shit. Fair enough."
3: Mean, all right, your you and who right, do magic over there?
2: Yeah. All right, Subwa. So yes. I met you in 2012.
0: That I is inaccurate.
1: I think it was 2012. I think I I think we met in 11 and but we kind of really started hanging out in 12. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it would have been 11 that we Yeah. Yeah, cause 12 was when I got married. Because so 11, 11
1: I think is when I uh I brought a, a battery charger off your dad. And I looked at. It. He goes, "I just got this old piece of shit." And I went, "You steal this from my garage? Because this is the exact same one we got. I just didn't bring it." Or <laughs> <laughs> the the
2: first time that I talked to any of your people was Pauly. We were at the track. Yeah, didn't he come looking for a bolt? Yeah, Pauly came and was looking for a a three or a five eighths bolt, but like five inches long for some shit. And he'd been around everywhere in the pits, and nobody had a fucking bolt. And then Paulie came over and asked us, and we started digging through milk crates in the trailer, and I think my dad handed him a bolt, which was no big deal. The funny part was, after the race, he unbolted that bolt from whatever went on <laughs> your car and brought it back. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, he, Dude, you didn't have to bring the goddamn bolt back. That sounds about
1: right, Paul. I think what, it was 95 degrees, and he was wearing a sweatshirt. Oh, probably in two other shirts <laughs> T-shirt and a flannel uh, Not a flannel uh, Long underwear And then a, a sweatshirt <laughs> I remember I think that was the first time I remember I think it was Because I don't I didn't race much in 11 And dad was teching down there Yeah And we were Like Paulie and I was Sitting out in the garage Drinking beer And half-assed working on the car And dad comes home from the racetrack And Well, who won tonight? Emerson Huffman We looked at him And was like Who in the fuck Is Emerson Huffman <laughs> That was 2010 Was it 2010 Okay yeah, there's was
0: probably a picture Around here right somewhere
1: Right there Right there Okay <laughs> <laughs> We're like Who in the fuck Is this guy Never even heard of him. He was always a Pretty good guy They always give me a Pepsi When I go over yep. there And bullshit with him That was <laughs> always Your dad's thing He would come over When he was we thirsty knew your dad Would drink a beer
0: <laughs> <laughs> cuz he thought we were a bunch of sober people. He did, remember he that? Did. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> 6000 beers later. <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know. I still remember the uh first time we came down to the shop. And we like pulled mm-hmm. in and we're like is this a shop? Like cuz like we think we got it. I don't know. And it looked sort of condemned <laughs> at the time. I mean, it was close. <laughs> it was really Very close. close. <laughs> it was about 5 years out from being condemned. And uh, so then somebody like came out, said, hey, come in whatever. And we hung out for a while and, you know, checked your car out and did stuff. And then we're leaving and going home. And we went home with different, we went 212 home. And I'm like, could you imagine living down here in the fucking winter time with these roads because you're curving all over the place? <laughs> and then it's about eh, three years later. I'm buying a house right down the road.
2: (laughs) So what year did you meet Ricky?
1: 12. That day. That day. At the garage? At the garage. Her and Devin came later. They were at the lake. Because it was like, it was early May or mid-May. Because it was after the first race of the year. Yeah, which
2: makes sense because I was starting to build a car.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, uh, pretty much, That's but her, late. her and Devin showed up. They were trash from the lake because I think she went in the back and made a little aluminum penis on your in your in, out of your scrap aluminum. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. You used to find a lot of aluminum dicks <laughs> because actually we had to fo- we followed them basically home to get us back to Bolivar Because I'm like I don't know where in the hell I'm going. Mm. You know, we didn't know that way. And I don't think we used Google Maps at the time. <laughs> it
2: wasn't that long ago. I know, but, no, but it, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, but your it. chief ass
1: still had a flip phone. Probably. <laughs> no, I never had a flip phone. I had one flip phone. But just dad and I just like, yeah, whatever. We'll get here. Figure it out. I've been all over the state of Indiana and Ohio with a freaking uh, fold up map that.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, my dad still uses those The old travel. road atlas.
2: I guess we kind of blew that there because, like, the Ricky thing, most, uh, like, if you were going to listen to it, you wouldn't know that Rick Sibla married my cousin. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was how.
1: That is how we met. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah. we may have been introduced, like, the weekend before, and I remember being introduced by partially your uncle, which is my father-in-law, and Carrie Hudson. Yeah. And, uh, cause I think I kind of met Devin first and then like, I was like, Carrie's like, this is the mouth and this is the ass that backs up the mouth and they <laughs> go, oh, she's a little crazy too. And I like, I was like, I like crazy. <laughs> and my mom, like, I remember that. I remember And that. goes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Four kids later. Yep.
0: <laughs> the Sperminator.
1: <laughs> I, hey, if we're talking about record time repeatability, I think old Scott's got that handled. Yeah. What was that? Three months? No.
0: <laughs> it wasn't long. Fucking long enough for the hole still to be loose, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was a good year, that year, 2012. We had fun. Shit, I it?
0: wasn't even graduated high school
1: then. Holy shit. I didn't,
0: I didn't graduate high school till 13. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you feel old now, fucker?
1: Yeah, look, I just had a birthday. <laughs> and I'm old as hell.
2: Yeah, because I haven't been graduated long. I mean, I was in 09.
1: What year did you graduate, Sub? 97.
2: 97. <laughs> Damn. You graduated before 9
1: 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was working <laughs> <It's> a <kinda> while. <laughs> so I, I was working. Like, at- I was at work during 9 11. I was working. No, I was working afternoons. I woke up. My buddy called me and said, Hey, turn on the news. And then, like, two minutes later, we're like, Did you see that when the first one crumbled? It's like, Whoa. That yeah. Was crazy.
0: Yeah. I was in second grade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I find that weird now. Like, it, it's a way that, like, I age people because, I mean, m- our friendship group has grown to be pretty diverse, especially having a family who just sort of, like, adopts people sometimes for some weird reason. Yeah. But, like, Trevor, like, I started thinking about Trevor when his birthday was and stuff because we went to Vegas with him for his birthday. Mm. And oh, yeah. he tells me when his birthday is, and I'm like, holy shit, you were born after nine eleven, like right. you don't even realize it had, like you didn't it never got to experience that shitty day, and it just seems weird. I don't
1: know. I'm always bad at this. Was nine eleven in two thousand two thousand one two thousand one two thousand one? Okay, because I kind of date everything by two thousand, just because that was kind of a milestone. You know, well, it
2: was a bad year. You had Dale Earnhardt, then nine eleven. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. Man, talk about tragic. <laughs>
1: What year did you start racing civil? I started in 98. Like, I started working in July 97 in my job I got now. And I'm like, mm, I think I'm gonna buy a race car. And everybody's like, What? You're gonna buy a race car? I'm like, yeah. Well, you never drove anything. I'm like, So? You gotta start somewhere. I think I can do it. What are you gonna buy? You gonna get a street stock? I'm like, No, I think I'm gonna buy a modified. Like, you're gonna go, you're gonna buy a modified. I'm like, yeah, why not? So, I started looking, looking, found one. And uh, this guy, Tim, Timmy e. J, Tim or Jet, Tim Jedersek. that's what I bought it off of. He was, he was moving up to super modified. The car had like one or maybe one and a half seasons on it. I'll say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty badass super modified guy. And uh, I worked a deal out with him and we bought it, took it home and kind of, I think we basically put new sides on it and it was, it was red. And back then my first few years, my cars were always red. So that was not a problem. So the frame was red and put new sides on it. And I think I wanted it black on the, like the interior and the, the roofs. We painted that and went racing. I didn't win anything, maybe a heat race. And then, uh, uh what did we do i think the best i finished was like fourth that year dad drove it a couple times and then i drove it and then like the very next year it was like a freaking light switch went off and i figured out how to race and started winning (laughs)
2: where where did you run your first race because i don't even know the answer to this question uh
1: probably most of my first year i ran at lorraine so your first racetrack was Lorraine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were helping – dad and I was helping Brian Volk. Yeah. And that's mainly – like, Brian would race Lorraine, and then sometimes dad would drive Brian's car at, at – uh, one year he was driving it at Midville on Sundays, and then another year – the first year we started helping him, he was uh, running the main event series with it. Because Brian kind of like – had the same car, but stepped back to the sportsman division. Okay. You know what I mean? We had to put like go from two and a half inch springs to four inch springs, coilover eliminators. You weren't allowed to have coilover. Yeah, but like
2: it wasn't that big of a difference back no, then. No, it, it was, it was literally
1: simple. coilover eliminators, a 107 wheelbase or 108 wheelbase. Oh. And the ledge it was only allowed to be two inches at the at the greenhouse instead of four instead of four. That is the only difference you couldn't tell and Dad ran a main event series like that and did okay. you know would finish like fourth or fifth you know but but yeah that's that's where it started. I started so the first year I started racing was ninety eight and we went to Lorraine almost every week and dad was basically still brian's crew chief and kind of half-ass helping me you know like i remember at the end of the year that's when i figured out i had to figure something out because we went to the main event at columbus it was the first year they had modifies down there and like oh well we, we can help you you know everybody's here well i go out and practice and come back they're running either the main event or or sportsmen. Well, they're all on the track or in, in line pitting. There ain't nobody at the trailer. Right. That's when I was like, oh, I guess I got to figure this shit out on my own, you know? <laughs> kind of by myself here. Yeah. And then after that, like, Bob was working for a dirt car. does
2: say, what was, what was your brother Bullet doing at that point?
1: Cause... I think he was working for Mason at that time, John yeah. Mason. Yeah. So he would pretty much go with me if I raced anywhere on. I know. First year, he didn't really help me at all because we only raced Saturdays and a little bit at Midville on Sundays a couple of times. And then the following year, Mansfield opened in 99. Yeah. And they always raced Saturdays, and he literally would get home at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and Mansfield ran during the day, and we had to leave at like 10 or 11 to get out there, you know, by noon to start practicing. And he'd drag his ass out and go out there, and I think we ran about three or four races out there, and I figured found figured out a groove there, like third, almost fourth groove. And once I figured that out, I won, and I won like the first, the next four weeks, four weeks in a row, I won. And like after that, it was like, ah, oh, figured out how to do this crap.
2: <laughs> Did everybody else at Mansfield start gradually wandering up to the third and
1: fourth groove? Uh, (laughs) Or did they stick? I bet they were at
0: least giving her a hell of a shot.
1: Not too many, honestly. There was not. It wasn't. The groove there didn't change until they put the new wall up. Because at first there was no back straightaway wall. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because everybody thought they were running up against the edge of the track. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know how your vision works. You're looking and you can see that line. There's like eight feet out there. Well, I would be on the line. And there'd be a, cause there'd be a whole car width behind, beside them. And that's where I would run and get a run on. They think they'd run to me off the track. No. And, and, and they didn't. So then I could stay up there, you know, and, and then I just pile drive it in the corner in the third groove and, and drive by them. And then they put the new wall up all the way around. Now everybody's running the wall. Which is where you were before Which the Which is where was I was. So guess what? <laughs> now I'm running on the bottom of the racetrack.
2: <laughs> I don't know. When I drove the Outlaw car for, like, the first time at Mansfield, I went on the track. I think I ran, what, like, two laps around the bottom? And it just for some reason, like, I felt like the car wanted to be up. Like, yeah, it felt better. The higher up I moved, the better it felt over and over and over again. And then eventually did, you find the limit. Did,
0: did it have progressive banking, or was it?
1: Yeah, kinda. I was gonna say that's yeah. probably why. Like yeah. it never really, I didn't like it never went out there and checked it. Yeah, but I'm well, sure. Well, I mean, obviously nobody does. sure did. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like built like that. Like they weren't didn't intentionally do that. But it just, it just no, happened. but it was pretty it's like kind of like one of the things. It, it was kind of bowl shaped Like as you got up toward the wall, it got steeper yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah,
2: that place is a shame.
1: Oh, I love that place. I won so many races there. And then, then, I don't know if I was a dumbass or not, but I used to, like, go race Shady Bowl or Winchester or something and drive right by Mansfield where I knew I was going to win. <laughs> but it's almost like I knew I was going to win there because, like, that one year I won, like, nine out of 11 races. Yeah. But I went to other races just because I was like, well, Being I already knew I was. he sounds
0: like right now? He sounds like Brandon Short. Like, I'm like too the, good for Midvale. Like I'm going, Midvale going somewhere to... else. Well, yeah. You just Uh want
1: to go somewhere else. Well, that's the the, yeah. I know that's the same. And and like the kid is that good at (laughs) Midvale? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like
0: there's no point in him going because he's gonna win unless he gets wrecked
1: or wrecks himself. And that is honestly how it (laughs) was there for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we we showed up and won. You know, it was just it was great.
2: (laughs) So you went to the late model for the first time and when?
1: Uh, actually the car I have now, the car the late model that I have, the last late model I drove that was mine, that thing is like a ninety five port city. And the whole reason I started driving that thing is because oh my mic's falling here. Yeah, uh technical difficulties here. Uh those. My cousin Paul had that car. They bought it from somebody with Snowco Series for like thirty five hundred bucks. And I was doing so good in modify, and I just like had this the biggest head ever. And I'm like, I can win in the late. Mile. No matter what I'm driving, I can win here. So they're like, well, "Why don't you take that old late model out?" And, and my, because my cousin Tim was racing, and my brother was racing. They were all running late models. I'm like, "I can race here. I can win here. They go, you can't win with that thing." I'm like, "Okay." By the third night out, I won.
0: Challenge accepted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, I should, I was like, my car was badass. I was gonna win. Like I felt like I had the car to beat for the cavalcade. And we ran after the supers.
0: Oh, the rubber mm-hmm. and the track yeah.
1: changed. And I think I think Glenn Galt Jr. won because he was the only one with a crate motor or something. And you you just couldn't have any horsepower at all. Yep. You know what I mean? Is like it was like the biggest kick in the nuts ever. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> like maybe. I don't know. 06, 07. Yeah. And then the I then I kind of went idle there for a couple years, didn't race a whole lot. Started having kids.
2: I yeah, said so that's probably Rick and Sid.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cuz Sid was born in 05. Rick was born in 07. And I just kind of raced a little bit. Just it, it was just tough, you know, to to get out and race. It was <laughs> tough just to go work on the race car. You know. And uh And then they kind of closed up out there and we're like, well, like, I think it was like 08 or 09. We're like, well, you we can probably make us a main event car. So that's when we changed it. We literally just changed it over. It didn't really do anything special. Just changed yeah. the body. Yeah. You know, little, little things. It's kind of more back. That was like about the last era You could do that with one of them cars You know Now you go oh, to port city. Oh, do you want an outlaw car or do you want a template car? Like, right.
0: Completely different everything. What the fuck's the difference? Yeah.
1: Like, there shouldn't mm-hmm. be a difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah,
2: which is evident by the people who build them. I mean, Seneca's outlaw cars. Like, Has anybody ever built a better one?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm all for throwing people under the bus. What the fuck's up with your angles, dude? You suck. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, like,
2: Seneca, though, he, his outlaw cars are, are far and above what everybody else was building, even if, even if you go at that time. You oh, know? yeah. But his template cars, they're good, but they're not waxing the field anywhere they go. No. Like the outlaw cars were. If you there that stretch of of time between like 2012 probably in 2018, even now,
0: the technology did you did you
2: go to a like a premier outlaw race that wasn't won by a center car? Yeah unless but, it unless it just happened by like people breaking down or or it, it was so weird. Like, it felt like every big race. Like, I remember going to the main event in Columbus. And, like, when I went down there with Baker and them, we took some badass race cars down there.
1: He would get lapped. Oh, yeah. And Terry Seneca's car would be smoke, be rolling out of it. Like, you get black flight because he was leaking oil on practice
2: day. Yeah, the only – and they one, like, Terry and Steve were driving for Gentry. There, oh, that's when they really – There was – the race was between two cars, and they looked the same. Because they're teammates. So you got two white and green cars out there running around a lap ahead of the field. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. He was so they were so far.
0: So like much ahead. more advanced. Yeah. 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 For their time. Of the and like,
1: game. That's when I like, man, I wish I had some extra money back then because I was gonna get my shit reclipped or something. Why do not? You me. told that to Marcus. Like, oh, I told back. Marcus that he goes, You're gonna buy a car, what'd you buy? Seneca car. Oh, really? I don't know if they're really that good. I'm like, where are they not good? At? He goes, well, they're good at Columbus, but where? I'm Kalamazoo, where else are they good? At? I'm like, probably everywhere. Like, they're badass. Yeah, they just you mean don't, the two They didn't race. matter? They didn't race
2: anywhere else. You know what I mean? They were going to the
1: big races. It was right, Kalamazoo, right. and
2: they'd come down and win the main event. Yeah. And that was
1: the deal. Yeah, but freaking he went and, and... And nothing against Johnny Benson. He built a nice car. Oh, the car is beautiful. But... It didn't work like a Seneca car did. No. And then by the time Marcus bought a Seneca car, everybody Everybody else had had one. You know, he should have had that at least two years before that. At least.
2: It'll bought you two years of some good racing ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. Especially yours now. Even go to Midvale on a normal Saturday night now. How many Seneca cars are in the field? What, five or six? Probably more than that. I mean, Jimmy's car is a Seneca car. Whipkey's Mine. Brandon, if he's around, now Paige is in one, Ritter's in one, Riddle's in one, Mazzagotti's in one.
1: Schneider.
2: No, that's F-O-L-F. F-O-L-F-O. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. That uh-oh. one's a struggle. Oh, yeah. That wor- Back wor- to
1: the Tim Curry thing.
2: I've been working on that one for a bit. <laughs> but there, it's starting to get to the point. Hell, even Animal's got a Seneca car. And <laughs> one of the, that Steve Needle's car we were just talking about, that's the one Animal runs. That old Gentry Seneca car that Steve drove. Yeah. like
0: Wait, that's the one Animal has now?
2: Yeah, that car should be in a museum somewhere. Now,
1: is that one of I the old that. Lee Anderson cars?
2: It was a Lee Anderson thing and then.
1: Turned into the, Seneca. Yeah. Because yeah.
2: Yeah. they had the. It had a Ford 9 inch with, in it with a quick change transmission and all that shit. And then Snyder bought it and had it down to Midvale and then sold it to Animal when he went with the Curry car. Like oh. the one that he had that Paige and them bought. So it's like, even it's trickling down now. It's trickling down now, even at your normal Saturday night track, rather than going to a big race, where everybody has a Seneca car. Right. That leads you to have to try to do something different. Right. Like get back into a modified.
1: Which is what we're trying to do with our modified.
2: Something different, because they're all the same.
1: Yeah, they're right like modifies right now. There's only really in this area two chassis unless you build your own. Yeah. You know, you can buy a Nestor car, you can buy a Howell car. And that's it. You know, the only uh the only other like everybody else that I think there's a couple one thirty seven cars that uh Gherkin and Steinman build. But that's it. That's it. I mean, there's still a few older cars out there, like some old left-handers or something, but...
2: Yeah, I just feel like everybody's, like, limping them along. Yeah, yeah. But the Modifieds in the Street Stocks now, that seems to be where everything's headed.
1: Oh, if you want to race for decent money and, like, go have... I mean, if you still want to say, oh, we're, we're going to go race for and have fun and not, like, have, like... I feel like Brandon has put so much pressure on himself to go run these big races. Yeah, I mean, we
0: talked yeah, about but that. Yeah, that's fault of his zone. I, I mean, mean, it is. It's
1: but
2: you can't you can't expect that it's all going to go great
0: because it never is going to go great.
1: Yeah.
2: That's why like I will maintain I I feel like racing is one of the most difficult sports. Because even if you're good at it, your experience still might suck. <laughs> Depending on the backing you bring with you with all of it. Like, yeah. it, it takes a lot of moving pieces.
0: There's too many different variables that go into it for it to be easy. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, one little thing happens and your whole night's food.
1: So this is just kind of in perspective of different forms of racing. The other night, this week, I think it was Monday night, I went and picked something up off Facebook off a guy up in Canton. He goes, you got a dolly? That's why I borrowed the enclosed trailer. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And there was one in there, but uh, he's like, I got a dolly. I'll get it out of my race car garage. I'm like, race car garage? What do you got in there? So we like moved the stuff. And I go, hey, can I see your race cars? He's like, yeah. So this guy has like a 69 Z28 Camaro, 66 Chevelle, 67 Chevelle. We go in there, he's got a beautiful garage, 40 by 60 garage, it's beautiful. But what's in the middle of it? Two enclosed trailers with the race cars in them. They look perfect. It's the middle of winter. That's when these things are supposed to be in like 2,000 pieces. Right. <laughs> screwed up. We're on the garage, right. That's right. how we operate. Right. You know, like, where's this at? Where's this at? Oh, it's in a box over there. Dad took it up there and yeah. put it on the loft. Transmission's out in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> radiators in the trailer yeah (laughs) we just found that out the
0: other day
2: and i think that's one of the things that i love about the sport though is like you you kind of get around like-minded people because uh, one of the things in life that pisses me off more than anything is like people who are just so lazy that they refuse to accomplish anything in their life (sighs) they just go to work and do their like You cannot competitively race a car and be lazy because even the people who have money that do it, right? So people will talk about arguably, in my opinion, the winningest car owner I've ever known, Brian Short. Like his cars have won everything. Oh, and in the last 10 years? Everything. Yeah. Brian doesn't do like a ton of work on his own cars, right? But he's not lazy. The dude's a hustler. I mean, if you've ever been around him on a on a, like his work day and been up there to see him at a shop during a normal work day, the dude's got a million things going on at once, like all the time. So you can either build everything yourself and do it the hard way or buy all the stuff to get what you want. But either way, you can't be lazy and pull it off because you either aren't going to ever get the work done or you can't afford it. Yeah. So, it's like you get surrounded by people who are kind of high-functioning. Yeah. At least that's what it seems like to me. When you go to the racetrack, like, all them got everybody, you go to, like, a normal track on a Saturday night. All the people who race there, they work their asses off. Well, yeah, because anything happened last week, you got to get ready for this week. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. And, like. Well, back- you do have a choice. The choice is not to go. But none of them choose that.
1: Like, in 2012, we ran. I missed the first night at Barberton. And other than that, we ran every Friday and Saturday night Barberton in Midville. That was crazy. And once we went to Toledo, I think. Yeah, you did. You went to the Glass City. Well, I went to a regular show in the middle of the year, too. Oh. And, uh, and and we ran main event at Barberton. We ran main event at Midville. I think that's all there really was that was close. Like, they didn't have one at Lorraine. We ran the end of the year at Lorraine in the Cavalcade or something. But... uh we we were racing for a championship at at Midvale because we won the first night and just kind of stayed in the points lead the whole whole year. But yet we're still racing the night before at a track that everybody says you're just going to take your car up there and destroy it. But yet halftime, I got more damage on Saturday night than I ever did on Friday night. That was a rough
0: period of time in Midvale.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What, the main event racing series no. time? No, uh, no. The,
2: the, when he won his points championship in 2012. Oh. 12. That was 12. whenever the...
0: Uh, y- yeah, you know what? Yeah, it was rough. We got wrecked a lot. mm mm-hmm. it was. It was bad.
2: By the... Because the last year that one I... One
1: comedy denominator. <laughs> yeah.
2: The last year that I ran for points yeah, down there... Yeah, the one. ...was 2011. I raced for points. Okay. And it was... It was a brutal enough experience that I said I'm never going to run a full-time point series ever again unless it's like like the main event would have been cool or something because we're only running, you know, a night or two a month. Yeah. But, like, a full-time every
1: Saturday night schedule, I'm like, this is not for me because it kind of sucks. Just in general, it sucks. You know, just to, I mean, like, that year, I remember it being, like, before the season started, like, my mom – my mom would go watch me race when my dad and brother were racing, but so that I've been racing since 98 and that was 2012. How many years that is freaking what 15 years or something I've been racing and I told my mom like, listen, so I'm racing barber and Midville every week this year. I'm going to need a little bit of help with the kids, you know, cause I wasn't with Sabrina or anything and I had, you know, had the kids like every other weekend. She goes, "Well, what are you going to do?" I said, "Well, I'm going to race barber every week and midfield every week. I run for a championship." Brother. I said, "I just I said I need you to be able to bring the kids." And she goes, "Well, I'll go to the race." Track. I said, "Well, I need you to go I need you to go when it's just me racing. I go watch you race." I'm like, "No you don't." <laughs> I throw a mommer and a buzzer, but I'm like, "No you yeah, don't. No you don't." I'm like 15 years, you've probably watched me race 5 times by myself. Other times, Bob was racing or my dad was racing. And then she finally was just like, well, you just do shit that makes me really nervous. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but most it's of the time. because you're it, the baby. Most yeah. of the time it works out. Yeah. I mean, most of the time. It's because you're the baby. Yeah, I know.
2: So, so when you bring up your mom, this was like the big question that I want to ask everybody. Because... I don't feel like it gets asked and it doesn't ever come across why did you start racing in the first place and then even if you did just start and
1: dip your foot in it what made you stay like right from the beginning you know it's weird like once i decided to buy a race car never even like thought twice about i wasn't going to not race a race car like you know my i bought over the winter like I bought my car. So I started working in July of 97. I think it was the week before Christmas or maybe maybe week in between Christmas, New Year's, I went and bought my car. Cause I remember we had like our last big garage party in that, like the weekend before that or something. And by season started, I had, I didn't have any, hand, I had a brand new helmet, brand new suit, brand new gloves, brand new shoes. Like I wasn't like Was the first time that that's the only time that ever yeah, happens. Yeah, I was going to say you haven't had you brand new all that stuff
0: in, <laughs> fucking since then.
1: You act like I've been borrowing a helmet off Brandon Shaw for the last 5 years. <laughs> we know how you
0: operate. <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: a I have a partial brand new suit ordered for the last 4 years. Just haven't finished paying for it and getting it ordered.
0: Oh. Okay, that makes sense. I, I did was going to say, how do you partially order yeah. a suit? I did, <laughs> like, I did, I did, I did, I
2: did, did buy a half, new suit last year. Just but the year I you roll to. out that new suit, you won't have new fucking gloves. I guarantee it.
1: <laughs> no, I usually
0: <laughs> Emerson. I'll have one of these uh, orange and silver gloves cans. and I'll shoes. I gotta, I like yeah. feel like I
1: have to buy like every other year. Yeah. yeah. But I think my helmet's been out of date for about four years. Nobody's checked it way to go safety crews (laughs) so anyway they really care for safety back to back to that like (laughs) i don't know i just i just decided like i am gonna go racing and that's just the way it's gonna be like you know i got tired of watching everybody else do it because like i am not the greatest crew member in the world and i'll admit that i can see that (laughs) like i get distracted easily (laughs) if i'm not driving a car i get distracted pretty easy and uh, forget to bring a fucking pen. Oh, so well, we are gonna get a Trevor Eliminator this year. Yeah, we buy that tire temperature gauge, but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. That's just.
0: I wish more people were gonna get that joke. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they'll get it eventually. We'll tell that story here in a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I bought that car, and I'm like, I'm going racing. Yeah, but why'd you buy it? Because I wanted to go racing. I don't know. Like I didn't everybody like I, I bet you I raced for three or four years, and everybody's like, I was I was gonna drive uh, a Brian Volk's car one time, and was like, Well, you you gotta be understand these cars are a lot faster than your car. And they literally were like a quarter of a second faster than our car. And uh <laughs> and but everybody thought like modified the late model was so much different. First time I got in the late model, I'm like <laughs> These things are easy to drive. You got to try driving that thing, you know? There's a truth behind that. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But see, you just said the exact opposite thing earlier.
1: What What do you mean?
0: mean? You, you told me earlier in the garage that whenever you got in a modified and drove it now after driving a late model that you felt like you
2: could sit there and it feels slower. The time, like the time to me in the modified feels slower. Like, if you, if you jump in a late model, like, especially at Midvale, because it's a small track, and, like, them late models around there now are humming. Like, you're flying. But there's also, how
1: many open mods have you ran down there?
2: I've never run an open model at all.
1: Yeah, that is a totally different ballgame. Yeah, and,
2: and I imagine it would be. But, like, I, I was talking about the difference between getting out of a late model and then jumping in a crate car. Like, I feel like I could reach into a water bottle. Like, out, get a water bottle out of my cup holder down the front straightaway Take a drink and put it back, and be because everything happens so much slower. But now turning them, like you feel like you're on ice skates because of the the tires. But I feel like down the straightaway, they're so fucking slow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) especially the crates. They are. It's painful. (laughs) I thought it feels like you got forever.
0: Are you going pee already, Uh, dude? Don't break the seal, man.
2: Don't pee on the tools. The bathroom is still under construction. Man. The basement is not... I wonder if anybody can
0: hear that. I don't know. If you guys can hear that, I'm sorry. It sounds like a fucking elephant taking a drink. (laughs) So, you feel like the modifieds are much harder to go through the turns with. Right. But on the straight stretches, Mm -hmm. it's like almost boring. Yeah. Yeah. Because The the crate. The crate mods. Yes,
2: because the late model... So where like in the corners, it's they're so glued to the track and the steering and stuff is so responsive right? with the rack and pinion versus the conventional steering box deal. Like I feel the modifiers to the corner, they're a little bit harder to keep. I wouldn't say like control of. That's not really the right word. They just feel like the whole car is rolling over more. You can't keep the car under you on the right front as much. To where the late model, you turn the wheel – it pretty much goes where you point it.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a tire difference. I was going mean, to say a lot of it's probably just a tire. On a ten width. Inch, you're on a ten-inch.
2: You're on a ten-inch slick, right. rather of an than eight-inch eight groove. Inch, yeah, like, yeah. It's just a better tire. Yeah, and they don't. There's not a lot of weight difference either. And it's a whole. To me, it's a whole other world. You get in a street stock, like yeah, you know, I've never street, a street. The street stock. stocks, man.
0: Like, You've never drove a street stock, sibling.
1: That's, no.
2: Dude, when I drove really? that. When I huh. drove that wagon for Johnny. That was one of the funnest races I've ever run in my life. Like, it has that same deal down the straightaway, where you're just like, you know, you feel like you got time to put up a tent, <laughs> yeah. but when it comes to the corner, because it's like a 3,200-pound car on them little tires and the high center of gravity and everything, like, they're a bitch to get I, through the turn. I, uh, they're, they're just fun because, like, when you drive an outlaw car, you don't really want to even bump anybody because shit at least now like it's all not like knocked out of whack
0: yeah some people hit people way more than others
2: i don't like hitting people's a bad idea it's not going to handle right after you touch anything right oh yeah the street stocks you sort of like the name of the game is to get up under the guy in front of you and like beat on him a little bit beat on him a little bit and then kind of knock him around and then make your. it's just like it's a different kind of racing but the street stocks are fun yeah yeah, yeah, I've, I've never, never, but the modifieds, I've never driven a street stock and maybe I need to drive an open mod and just to see, but the crate mods to me are like, I don't know. It's just,
0: it just don't trip your the, trigger. It's the thing whoring.
2: about the open mods, well, it's a pickup tri- you, you can't call, yeah. you can't have a racing engine with a f- hydraulic fucking camshaft in it. Right. It's those, a damn pickup truck. Th- those are for, yeah.
0: those are for street cars and boats. Yeah. Like, let's keep your let's keep your springs nice and new, <laughs> put hydraulic cams <laughs> in, can't, it. we'll uh, be good.
1: <laughs> like the the thing about the open mods is you got in all reality you got just as much horsepower. Oh yeah, but now you're putting it on a eight inch, maybe slick, but it's slick. It's a- if you're running if you're running the uh, Hoosiers, it's a slick nowadays, but the American Racers is a. You know, it's a treaded tire, but it's, it's, it's nothing like a ten inch. Like, you know what I mean? So, you, so now you have got the same amount of horsepower, and you're trying to drive that thing through a corner. So it accelerates if you hook up. It accel- It doesn't. It still doesn't accelerate like a no super late. But it's because well, you got to pedal the it. A little they're missing bit, all the arrow, and you're you got to pedal it a little bit. You know, you can't just launch it. You know, where half these time these late models, you can just freaking flat foot it and go. Yeah. Like. Uh, Honestly, if your car is right, if you got a good car, okay, average car, late model's the easiest thing in the world to drive. Yeah. Like how, like there's, you know, over the years, there's guys that, oh, we ran Detroit Iron and then I got a Street Stock and then I got a Sportsman and then I went to late-mile and then they won all these years. Then they get late-mile and they're terrible for like five, three, or years and then they go back to Street Stock or something. Like I can't drive that thing. Like these are the easiest thing in the world to drive.
2: Yeah, I think when that happens to people, most of the time it's the program, like your yeah. whole your whole deal. Because the the late mod that's the thing about the late mod. It's the same thing when you move up in to the com, top of competition at whatever you're at. All every big money guy is going to go straight to the top. They're going to go to the top stuff. So, when you, that's the only like big disadvantage to run on a late model is now, if you're not getting into a really new car, a good, that's a good car with a good engine program, you're not going to win now, which is something you throw together. Yeah. It's just difficult, at least on a
1: on a level of bigger races. Yeah, you can still you can go to your local, track you can go to Midvale and, and still pluck off. Be competitive. I could could probably bust my late model out and get a good engine program and get the setup right. We can go down there and we still win. You know, Brandon's not there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If he is, you just got to wreck him. I (laughs) I can do that.
2: So you watched your dad race for ever, ever. Like, did they throw your, like, First birthday party at a racetrack? <laughs> no, because my is in February. But, so your, your dad. R-
0: no, it was in the garage with the race car tore apart,
2: like we, we were uh, talking about earlier. And that's where the, with this, like, I I would even like to sit down and like talk to your mom, okay. and to get her perspective we're, on what it was like. All you better
1: sign up on, for a long day.
0: That
2: <laughs> that's gonna be a long. Podcast. I think it'd be good, but I think it'd be good because it. That's the other side of it that nobody really talks about is like.
3: Your mom mom
2: followed your dad to... I don't know how many races that woman's watched, but it's got to be close to a record.
1: Oh, it's ridiculous. Still to this day, like, you know, you know how it is. Like, do you pay much attention to NASCAR? None. None. You know what? They are still watching it. (laughs) But you know what? In all reality, my grandma said, you know, dad's mom, to the day she died was watching, she was watching Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was like her favorite NASCAR driver. She was watching Jimmy Johnson, you know, like she knew when that shit was on TV and what channel it was on, you know, that's like, I'm like, you guys, I, I asked my mom, I'm like, you guys are seriously watching this? It's like you're watching the clash practice at freaking <laughs> a track. that's absolutely <laughs> terrible. I don't know. That's my, that's the only
2: cup grace I'll watch. The Clash with Coliseum
1: because <laughs> it's
2: so fucked up. I, <laughs> I, I think it's the most interesting it's, one. It's a good one. Like, I to me, if NASCAR wanted to fix everything, here's what you do: you do away with this entire weekend worth of bullshit. Right? You show up on Sunday, whatever time it might be. Like, let's say you're going to start racing at one. You run the fucking truck race at 1 o'clock. And you run 100 laps. And then the truck race is over. Then you go to the bush race, which I don't even know what the shit that's called anymore. That tells you how much I fucking watch it. You go to the bush race. It starts at 1.30 or 2. Whenever the fucking truck race is done. You know how we do it at a normal goddamn track.
3: Yeah.
2: And then they run the bush race. a 100 laps. Then the last race of the night's the cup race, and they come on and they run 100 laps. Are you what do you and you go home?
1: What are you talking about for the clash?
2: No, the whole season. Oh, 100 laps. Well, not 100 laps, of the bigger tracks. 100 it's either 100 laps or 100 miles, whichever one comes first. Make them sprinter races. Nobody wants to sit in front of their TV for three and a half hours, especially now with the stages, and watch these guys run. For three hours of meaningless race, which is a war of attrition. Then you drive the cost of the sport down and everything else. The tires and all that bullshit. You yeah. know how much money it costs to go run 300 laps? So run if you want to go to Bristol, run a 100-lap, like, old-school race. And if you want to keep it interesting, force them to make one pit stop at any point in time during their discretion during yeah. the race. And run a hundred fucking laps and go home. Run the shit all in one day, because then the people who go to the stands they get to see three different races in one day. Yeah. Rather than if we want to go to a race, if we want to go watch a race in Charlotte, we get to drive down to Charlotte. If you want to catch a truck race, you go down, fucking catch that on Friday or Saturday. Then the Nationwide or Bush race or whatever the hell it is, and stay for Sunday for the fucking Cup race and so just. Jam that shit all into one day, run some sprinter races because every lap matters. Then yeah, and go home. It's I don't even... understand why did it become an endurance race every week out. No other division does that shit. You know, I don't know. That is, like, it's so it. annoying. Like, why do I got to concentrate on making the car? Like, uh, like, I got to work on some cup stuff back in the day and like do all this different shit. Why do I got to worry about building a car that can run at 8,000 RPM for three and a half hours? It just becomes like an over-engineered war of attrition. It's stupid. What better way to spend $100 million? Yeah. Instead, just make them really fucking fast and only hold together for 100 laps because they're throwing them away anyhow. Yeah. It doesn't, like, I just, I don't get it. There's no reason the goddamn Daytona 500 needs to take four fucking hours. Run that shit in an hour, and them guys are going to run wide open the whole time try to win, and be done with
1: it. What I think is crazy about this weekend, this past weekend with the Clash, like, you want to have the Clash. You want it to be this separate event. But yet, you're making these guys haul their shit to the other side of the country for a Saturday night show, basically. And then haul back and get ready to go to Daytona. Well, aren't they going to California and like or, or Las Vegas in two weeks?
0: Yeah, like yeah. So like if they're already up, over there, why, why not, not
1: switch them? Why not just have the Daytona race? Yeah. And then have the clash like have two weeks in between the 500 and the second race, but put the clash. What's the difference if the clash kicks off the rate the series the because season it's LA. Fuck LA. I, Nobody I, I, gives a rat. That's ass. that's the way to look at it. Yeah, but well, yeah, why but,
2: not run the clash at fuck if you want to run the clash and say that we want the clash to be right before the Daytona five hundred, run the motherfucker at New Smyrna. It's a half an
1: hour away. Well, they kind of talked about like, that a little bit on uh, Dale Junior's. But like what I'm saying is like if you're going to California next week anyways, just run the clash the week after the five hundred. Yeah. You can still have the clash. Make it the five hundred redemption race. Or but, some shit. But let, like. let the freaking guys, like, we're going to spend our money to go to Daytona 500, and we're going to California, and we're also going to run this clash, too, the week before or the <laughs> Thursday night before. And I don't know. It's, and, it's,
2: and it's weird, too, that it's, like, two completely different things because Daytona, you're running the second biggest track they got. In the Clash, the week before, you're running the smallest fucking track they got.
3: Like it's not,
1: it's not like good test time. Yeah, there's not. It's and they're out there monitoring their cars with laptops, and they're running around a track that isn't as big as Barberton. It's like fucking Painesville.
0: That's the one thing that always made me bad about the Coliseum race being before, and maybe this is unpopular opinion. I don't know, being before the Daytona 500 is Daytona is always what is supposed to start off the season. Yeah, In the, my opinion, that's always how it's been. Right? Yes. And then they started doing this Coliseum stuff.
1: Yeah, but it's still the race. The ca- The clash has always been the very first race mm-hmm. of the entire season. Like when I was a kid, mom and dad took us to Daytona. Yeah, but it was always at Daytona. Yeah, it was always at Daytona. Right, that's we what I mean. Up.
0: That's yeah. what I mean. It was Daytona. Yeah. Daytona was the start to everything. Yes. Yeah. But yes. now they're doing at this other place and it's like it doesn't seem the same. Yeah. But like to me, like they're trying like to, like to tap f-
1: into that money, dude.
0: It just doesn't make any sense.
1: And them people don't give a shit. But, uh, but,
0: uh, no, most of the people at, there don't give a fuck. Like look at LeBron.
2: Like when he moved to LA, hey, LeBron James, when he moved to LA, his first uh, his first fucking year there.
0: Remember the number two, rule. All right?
2: His, so you can win championships at Miami. <laughs> Or in fucking Cleveland, right? He moved to L.A. in one year of not doing dick, his net worth tripled. So it, it's like trying to tap into this money market, but it feels forced. Like when they have a rapper come on during a break in the race, or the or pre- it, yeah, it it feels so forced that it's like a slap in the face for. People that kept that sport alive for fifty years. Oh yeah, like it just feels like they're trying to go mainstream with it, but none of these mainstream people are trying to impress. Give a fuck. No, and and
1: they're not. They should be embracing the guys that you know, the country singers that are embracing it. Yeah, even even go to fucking Nashville. Yeah,
2: go run Nashville Fairgrounds. For the
1: clash. Yeah, like, but they never know what weather they're gonna have there.
2: No, but it's just, you know, you go. I'm saying though, go find a track like that, outside of Nashville.
0: So you're saying the whole reason they're going to L.A. is for the money? It's yeah, it,
2: it's the because reason. they're just 100%. trying to tap into a whole There's, different it's group. It's gotta of be
0: they
1: for three years oh. now. They have paved that racetrack, mm-hmm. tore it all up, tore it all up. It up. You know, fifty-one <laughs> weeks later, they repave it again. Run for two weeks and tear it all up like yeah. who when pays? they could when they could go to North Wilkesboro and pack
2: that bitch full of a bunch of sweaty rednecks, fucking ready to pay all the money you can fucking afford in beer and cigarettes and watch a fucking race, and it'll pay whatever the fuck price tag you put on it to get in. But they'd rather go pay fucking celebrities to go to the race in L.A. Yeah, because. It's a well, it's a cultural move. Everything's a fucking cultural move, and I can't stand it. Yeah.
0: Are, are tickets for the, the Clash of the Coliseum like, more expensive than Not they year Not this year, be? baby. They was like, it was free. Empty. It was free? free? Yeah. And, and let me guess, the stands were empty, you said? Yeah. Well, here's why it was so free. So, like, obviously, that should be... Did you know why it was free? I have no idea. I don't so follow here was that. The original, I don't follow it at all.
1: I... I It's almost like residual, like how I realize it. I see this shit. But, like, because I don't pay attention, but yet I see a little bit of it, I know. So, it was free because originally, race is going to be on Sunday. And nobody, they they said, we can't, we're not going to pay for people to be at the track to main the track for uh, general admission on Saturday during practice. Well, then, Friday or Saturday comes along. They're looking at the weather for Sunday, and it was like torrential, deadly, downpours of rain, flooding.
0: Right, and that all actually happened. We're
1: not going to get this race in on Sunday. Right. We're going to race it on Saturday. And you know what? We're just going to open the doors and let everybody in on Saturday. So it was free. Mario Diana was there. You know Mario Diana? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was there. And then about three days later, he took a Snapchat and said, Three days and it's finally stopped raining. You know he's still he's still out in California right uh-huh. now. I don't know if he still is right now, but he was a couple days ago. But yeah, like it was free to get in, and there's probably less people there than ever.
3: Mm.
1: Like you can't, like I'd be out on the freaking street with my guy, slinging the pizza sign, spin it in circles to get people to just to walk in there, just to fill the joint. You couldn't get. It's fricking L.A. There's not a hundred thousand frickin' homeless people. That tracksuit you have there is beautiful, by it's the awesome.
0: way. <laughs> I wish we had the video turned on right now. This fucking thing's sweet. Emerson's we wearing were a red a night. red velvet tracksuit, like the uh, are you, like the drug lord from Starface? Well
1: Soprano. right there. Oh, fuck yeah. That's, I mean, you're hey something. big pussy.
2: Skinny pussy. Hey, over skinny here. pussy. <laughs> I look like I belong at a race at the LA
3: Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, you are, Ken.
3: <laughs> oh
0: fuck.
1: Right. Well, what else we want to talk about?
0: Right, so are we so done the with Super Bowl Sunday, NASCAR right? This the Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yeah. That means Daytona's in two weeks after that. One. One. One week after Because they that. moved the
2: Super Bowl back. A week. That's right. Yeah. They
0: moved it. Yeah. It used yeah. to be two weeks after that. Guess yeah. what I'm not going to watch?
2: I would give my early predictions. Once, neither, neither Super Bowl nor probably, Daytona. You'll watch yeah, a, you, you, you are. You're because watch the Super Bowl because we're going to be at a party. but I'm
0: just going to get drunk and not pay attention to the football game gonna be the at kid all, all. You're going to pay attention enough. You, You're no, going to pay your, attention This is enough. your. Move. I'm going to watch
2: the last two minutes. This is your move at a football game. You go to the game. Not an actual game. You go to the house of a person who's watching the game. Yeah. And you feel out the room and yeah. figure out who everybody's rooting for, and then you go fucking polar opposite. <laughs> yeah. I try to piss off the so majority. So you're going to be as into that game as fucking anybody
0: else, because nah. when everybody
2: else is standing there rooting for fucking Kansas City, you're going to be like,
0: go San Francisco. No, but see, that's saying something for me, though, because that's San Francisco.
2: You're going to struggle with
0: that one. I am. Well, maybe gonna everybody's going to be rooting a big... for San Francisco. The, I don't know. Duh. Dub bears, dub bears, dub bears,
2: <laughs> and dub <da> queers.
0: <laughs> oh shit! Oh, sorry, number two.
2: All right. And if you don't like it, turn the fucking channel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And hey, we won't be like uh, like the great uh, podcast, be like so <laughs> like Pat McAfee. This is a stupid show on earth. I can't believe you people are listening to it. <laughs> so if you had to pick a Super Bowl winner, <laughs>
3: like
1: I don't really give a shit.
0: Oh, you don't really pay attention to the football either. No, I
1: watch it just between these two teams. He doesn't. Oh, care. oh I, I see. watch it. I just don't really give a shit. I mean, I was. I was it kind of all in and hoping the old the old Lions was gonna make it. Just because, that would have been cool. Just was, because they're just as shitty as the Browns and
2: and fucking Dan Campbell. I like that guy. That guy is so intense. Yeah. I don't
0: even know who the hell that is.
2: I he, feel like he's Dan the, Dan the head Campbell. coach of the Lions. Uh but he like just, Detroit. Like yeah, he yeah. just
0: he looks like
2: it looks like he just took an NFL linebacker who all he ever wanted to do was win, but played for ten years and never won a game. Yeah. And then made him a coach, and he's just pissed at the fucking world. And I love it. Like, the Either, dude's so aggressive.
1: Like, just like he over will get you to run through a concrete wall because he's going to run through it first. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and all and you got to like, do is go through the hole. And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> fuck. I'm, he's gone. I'm going following him with me. So, like, I don't know. I kind of, you know, I get worn out on the winners. So, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of help. uh cheering for the old Brock Purdy, you know, the last pick of the NFL draft. Yeah, I underdogging it. You're underdog, underdogging it. You know what I mean? Like, And, and yeah. I have never been a San Francisco fan in my life because back in the day, my brother was a San Francisco fan. Ah. And I'm like, yeah, pff, no the matter only- what, I'm not a San Francisco fan because Bob is. See, like, I have to go in the Chiefs camp
2: because it, I've always, like, thought this. If, if I'm ever watching a game and I don't care who wins, which I really don't, I go with the head coach I like more.
1: Ooh, I do like some Andy the Big Red. I like Andy Reid. He's yeah. got the greatest mustache in football. Ain't
0: like, no way that motherfucker don't eat meat and potatoes for every game.
1: <laughs> and, like, <laughs> the, dude, his I mean, favorite was, followed, dude, My My favorite entree. is the,
2: the chicken nugget commercial with him. <laughs> have you seen, seen that seen, shit? That where you like, He's bold. sitting there with, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, give me some of them nuggies. Like, it's the funniest goddamn thing. Like, that dude, he seems hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I like him. And then, like, he's a dude who got fired from teams and shit, too. And he got fired like, from the
1: Eagles after he won a Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. Because they started like, having a bad year. Like, they're going to fire their coach right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like
2: Andy Reid's the over, only one that could, like, overtake that Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time thing. And I'm, like, here to see him win, I guess. Yeah. And the the Kyle Shanahan thing, like, he kind of just annoys me. I don't know why.
1: I, I, You know, in all reality, I'm probably only on the 49ers for the Brock Purdy thing. Yeah. That's about it. Other than that. Yeah, if I don't care about a team, I just revert to the coach. Which coach
2: do I like better? And I like Andy Reid. (laughs) Dude's funny. (laughs) The rest of it, I couldn't give a shit less. Yeah. So, who's your prediction for the 500? I'm going to. This is how relevant I am with that. I'm going to go with Jeff Gordon.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs>
2: wow. He's going to win that shit from the broadcast booth. Yeah, you see. <laughs> and then not,
1: I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. It's probably going to be Danny Hamlin. Wouldn't surprise me.
0: Damn, he's getting old, ain't
1: he? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to be. Like, like the second longest runner, like best most wins and hasn't won a championship since Mark Merton, You know, like, yeah,
0: guy. like back in the day. Yeah. Fuck like Mark I Martin, listen
1: to shit. The, I listen to his podcast. I'm still like, I'm not a huge fan of Danny Hamlin, but like, I think he's probably going to win it because he's good enough. He's definitely good.
2: The 500 is weird though, because like,
1: and he knows how to win it.
2: People who shouldn't win that race, win it sometimes too. But when because they it's don't, such a weird, when the track person position drafting
1: type thing. Yes, but when one of the people that is supposed to win it wins it, is when Denny Hamlin wins it. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, he's won like two or three of them. Yeah, yeah, like who won it? Like I don't know. I don't know who won. It. Like Ricky Stenhouse won it last year. McDowell won I it, I think, I two or three like years that. ago. I don't even you know. You know, but Hamlin's won like two or three of them. So like. Eh. Are you looking the shit up?
0: I'm looking up uh Daytona five hundred race winners. Just, just for fun. I, was just gonna say
2: you don't wanna...
0: I mean, I, I figured it might pop up like a chart of like recent to you know, like recent to past kind of chart. I just but no, the first That's... date it popped up was uh, a nineteen fifty nine, so we're yeah. not gonna do that. <laughs> Who won it in '59? No? Oh, I'm okay. Curious. Hang on, hang on. We're going back to that. Let me, let me. uh That it was uh, 1959. Was that the first Lee, one? Lee, Lee Petty. Petty. Oh. Wait, you just knew that off the top of your head?
1: Well, if it was the first Daytona 500, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah, it was Lee Petty. Yeah. Nicknamed Squirrel Senior, that's what his car says right on top of it. I see oh, a picture. Of it. What
2: what year was the fight? Uh, 79. What, what fight? That was the first televised year. Yes, correct. 79. Yeah, I remember like it was Gary Blue. Was, Gary uh, Blue ran that
1: race. I was like two weeks old.
2: Gary Blue <laughs> ran that
0: race. 79, you say? Yeah. That was, uh, oh, I mean, surprise, Richard, Richard Petty. Petty. Yeah, Richard Petty yeah, won it he won. because yeah. the top but
1: two cars took themselves out, and he was a half a track behind.
0: Mm-hmm. Who was the top two cars? Do you know that offhand? Or Donnie that-
1: Allison and Cale Yarborough. Yeah, and they had, they
2: had the fight in the infield. I don't see. Yeah, I don't know before, anything about any I of talked, this. I talked to Gary Blue, and he ran that race. Did he? And I, he, Gary Blue will be here eventually. <laughs> he wrecked out early. I, but uh, maybe not. Kind of late. I think he wrecked out. Did he? And he was down there and saw the fight over in the corner because it was like they were pitted down toward that
1: end. Well, it was in the middle of three and four. Yeah. Unless he was already heading on his way out and was heading but towards the tunnel. Probably. Because it was by the tunnel, I, I think. See him bailing early. <laughs> and he had to get to the shark lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I
2: I don't oh. know if I've had a, as fun a night as I've had with the. Remember when we went out with him in Indy like three oh, years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking about?
0: Gary. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Gary's nuts. That dude's crazy.
1: I think there's only been like two books I've read in the last 10 years. His and Smokey Unix. Oh, Smokey's good. Oh, I, good.
0: I read the Smokey Unix book, Did actually. You? The engine yeah. building book, yeah. Well, I got no, no, his his
1: actual yeah, book. Like a,
0: oh, he has like, like a, a biography? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't read that one.
1: I don't know. If you want, I think I got the whole book or I got it. like the Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to read it. I got Gary's. this right here? Yeah. Yeah, the old hot shoe. I got that one. It's at work. Yeah, it's good. It's on my work shelf. Half of my half of my life, half my life stuff is at work on the shelf. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's where you have the most time to read something.
0: Oh, yeah. We're not gonna say where he works just because you know we don't want. to. I
1: learned read. spreadsheets that taught to myself in the last two weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so other than your dad.
2: Going to all them races as a kid, who else did you like to watch? Oh, like, like my favorite driver? Yeah. If you if you had to pick one back then mm-hmm. to win. Tim Ice. Tim. Favorite oh, driver. the old ice We man. gotta talk to Tim too. Oh yeah. He'll and be fun. he would be all about it. I oh think. yeah. If we can get him for to sure. sit
1: still for a minute.
2: Well we can I, this
1: one We'll give him a can, m-
2: he can roam around with this one. No, like like honestly,
1: like I don't know what it was. Like Tim, like I don't know, Tim took a liking to me. Like That makes a difference. You know, he was at he was at Dad's garage when I was a little kid. He used to throw me up, bounce me off the ceiling. He's like felt like I was bouncing off the ceiling. Now I could probably throw him up and hit the ceiling. But, he uh, definitely <laughs> could not throw you up. <laughs> no. What's <no, no. laughs> well, that supposed to mean, Emerson? That He's Tim's old. Tim's getting older. <laughs> and I've gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh
0: how did we not think of Tim Ice the other day?
1: But yeah, like, I don't know if, like I, it, there was times like I was ten, eleven, maybe I did twelve. We dad was racing Toledo or something. And if I got to go into pits, probably half of my day I was in Tim's trailer just hanging out. Yeah, and I tell you what, for probably the first thirty years of my life, I thought that John's name was Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> even though even though it was the craziest thing because he called me Ralph but then everybody called him Ralph and actually you remember Ernie Shook he, oh yeah he used to have special thanks to Ralph Racing on the back of his car because mm-hmm. of John But yeah. I actually
2: really like it when I was young I used to really like to watch
1: Ernie race oh yeah that's something Mitch was good Ernie was fun Ooh, fuck bro.
2: ever happened to him
0: the booze.
1: Same thing happened to my cousin. Mm. He was fun
0: to watch. You talking about
1: Polly. Ernie was
2: fun to watch.
1: Yeah. He was good.
2: That that actually makes sense though. Like you that you end up liking the people who kind of like gravitate toward you. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. And like honestly, I can't I can't think of anybody else. Like like offhand that like other than like, you know, obviously you want dad to win. You think dad's the greatest. He's going to win everything. But like, and it wasn't like Tim wore but, you out winning. Like,
2: if Tim beat your dad, you weren't upset. <laughs> no. He <laughs> might have been more happy.
1: And then like, and then, and then like the crazy thing, because we used to go, we, hell, we went and helped him. Tim won a 20,000 win race at Jennerstown in like 95. Yeah. It was a 200 lap race. And that yeah.
0: was a huge deal back then. We
1: pitted a car. Like, I think I cleaned the windshield because I, well, I was like 14 or 15, but my brother did, did tires, uh, dad carried tires. There was a guy that used to help Glenn Galt, but for one reason, some, like for two years he he worked for Scott Baker. Mm-hmm. I think his name was Tom and he did tires because he, for some reason he didn't go back and help Glenn that race. He went and helped Tim and john did tires and somebody else uh, john no i think john did the jack and then at the last minute we went and got another guy from barberton to come over and loosen the left side lug nuts up because they didn't have a rule on how many cars how many people you can have over the wall there was no wall yeah. they weren't really monitoring that close but like literally tim pitted running like fifth we changed four tires had to back him out of the stall and the only people that beat him out of the pits was St. Amant and Butch Miller.
2: That's good company to get beat out of the Yeah. Because when was that?
1: That race? Yeah. It was either 94 or 95.
2: Because I, I I think, like, I vaguely remember. Like, I don't remember it. But I know that was one Rick and Dad and Dan Spilker and all them guys were, like, helping Dino along. Yeah. And I think it was that race that there was like a pit stop and all this shit going on that they didn't normally do. So they devised this whole system to put fuel in Dino's car. Cause uh, like, I remember Dan Spilker talking about it when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Dino ran that race. I think so. Really? Yeah. Because they got one of them big, like oil field, like waste oil funnels and Spilker carried that fucker out there and stuck it in the trunk lid and held it while they dumped just, you know, right out of the can. Oh, they didn't have, some, like, a quick fill No, deal. someone got, right. like, everybody was doing the quick fill, quick they, just, fill. they just used a big-ass funnel. I had a quick fill in
0: my
1: freaking late model.
0: I remember that. Still
1: mm. do. Like, if I'd run it today, I'd still have it in there. Yeah, I've cool. always thought about putting my modified, but I never, for some reason, never have.
0: I mean, might as well. Your late model has been sitting I've, for how long? Like, 10 years. Not
1: for that <laughs> like Like, Dino,
2: Dino was pretty decent back then, and then he fell <laughs> off the wagon. I mean, he wasn't – he didn't do anything great, but he was still running with all that shit then.
1: Yeah. He gave me money at the last main event race I ran. Really? And I was out drinking the night before, and he came over, and he handed me money. Like, I ain't going to say but it was a good amount. I, was like, I don't say nothing to anybody, you know, just buy you said tires or something, you know. And,
2: now you're saying it to everybody.
1: Okay. Right. No, everybody knows.
0: Well, what is it? What do they call Back that? Back then, uh, said it's tired of 120 bucks.
1: What do they call that? Uh,
0: a gentleman's agreement. No, no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> when time runs out, like it's... Uh, can't uh, get hurt, statute like? of limitations. Statute of limitations. That's what I'm talking about. The statute of limitations. Oh, I got uh, a question, Emerson. Yeah. What got you racing?
2: I thought about that a lot. I think it was growing up as a kid in the '90s when your dad ran a normal automotive garage. So my dad never he never quit his regular job; like he worked oil field deal the whole time, and he ran an auto shop
1: out of the house. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Mm so
2: so the old garage was a full blown automotive garage, and Rick, my uncle Rick. Uncle Calvin and Jimmy ran the garage and my dad still had his job. So like Rick and Calvin, you know, they were like they'd been out of school for a while, and Jimmy more so, but he did some other shit. Like Jimmy moved to California for a period of time to sell monkeys. Oh, and got, like not like live monkeys. No, the, the, the like, monkeys with the Velcro hands. Remember when it was a big deal? The Velcro the, like sea monkeys. Right? No, nah. like the Velcro hand monkeys that used to hang around your neck and shit you get at yeah. the zoo. Yeah, like he was selling them on the streets in California for a while, and then he came back. Because he had to take a dump. No, because the car. No, because it was too expensive for nah. him to renew the plates on his <laughs> No. in California.
1: No. So he came it back. It was because he had to poop and couldn't <laughs> poop anywhere but home. Yeah, that's a, that's a real story. Oh, so he went out there for a couple years and never pooped. Yeah, that's no, a, it, it was a, like a week. Yeah, it's
2: a, that's a real story, though. So it, when dad started the garage, they had the garage, and then. Kevin Merrick raced out of the garage at Midvale and well, then I guess would have been limited late models, like B-class late models or whatever yeah. they called it back then. So the whole time growing up, Kevin's race car sat in the shop. They did everything on the car. Dad owned it. Ke- well, Kevin had Kevin and my dad owned it.
0: Like partial ownership.
2: Yeah. And he raced it. We were down there every Saturday for ever, and this was kind of like before you, really.
0: Yeah, this was before me.
2: And then, oh, well, though, I guess it was. I a mean, was I was I, was, were, I you, was I think they quit when you were three.
0: Yeah, I was like little to where I don't remember it, so it was before me. Yeah,
2: I think they quit when you were three. Because so what's
1: this time frame? So been, like ninety seven, ninety
0: eight. Yeah.
1: So that's like that. In all reality, like that's just in the era of time where. If you didn't have a late model modified, I didn't have a freaking clue who you were. Right. You know? Right.
2: So they're running... Because dad's got some old pictures of you, even. Like, when they had the engine out of it, you'd get down in the middle of it and yeah, dick around and wrench it. In the you, engine bay. You worked on shit when you were two.
1: You know what I mean? What? Punch people nuts and cussing at them? Yeah. No, that was before so all that started. It, and, like, I can remember
2: being in the garage, and this was big with, with your wife, Ricky, and Devin. You know, like, Rick was going through his divorce then and stuff so they were at the shop all the time because he always had the girls so he'd bring them over in the morning and drop them off with my mom and they'd work all day so it was like me ricky and devin and i can remember like sitting in that garage you know six seven hours a day as a little kid when they were working on cars out of
1: there. just watching them work on cars
2: yeah the race car was always there and then it got Kevin had got another place and kind of moved the car over to his shop. And I think he ran it there out of that shop for a year or some, something like that. And then dad closed up the car business because Calvin went into the police academy. And then he got his job with the sheriff's office and stuff. So he left and went to the sheriff's department full time. And then Rick ended up getting hooked up in the oil field deal and all that stuff too. And then... Jimmy went and was engineering garage doors and stuff. So dad kind of closed up the garage because everybody else was going and doing other things. And I don't think he really needed it, you know? Yeah. And he was getting way more involved with what he was doing. So as far as work. So he closed up the garage. Race car went away. Kevin quit. Kevin quit racing. I don't really. I still don't really know why Kevin quit. But then, for some reason, like once I got into high school, I started working at the marina and stuff at 16. As soon as I get a job, I got a job. Went down, started making some actual money. And then, like, my senior year had the work release deal. Went to school half a day. Went to work. Worked all winter long for the marina, fixing boats and stuff. And for some—I always loved cars. So for some reason I was just like, I don't know if I missed. The, I guess I just missed the whole racing thing, like right. being around it as a oh, kid. Yeah. And because at that point in time I hadn't been to a race for probably eight years.
1: Really? Yeah. Like you, once you quit, like I, once we you quit racing, we didn't, didn't go. go.
2: I can, I I see it. I have like when when Dad walked away
1: from it, we stopped. We didn't go I, at all. I'm so I like, I struggle to go. You see how many times I went to races like a couple years I didn't race like Mm -hmm. a couple of times. I don't like to go watch, you know? And
2: and I think it was where dad was at with it. Like he didn't have anything. We just quit going. And I just got like interested with it again. And it started clicking with me. And I was like, man, I want to get a race car. I I told my dad, I want to get a race car. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I want to get a car and just go run down to midvale. Just like to have fun. So, we, I kicked around that idea for a while and he, he started telling me, he's like, if you find a deal on a car, we'll look at one and see, you know, see what we think. So I started like finding all these ads. Cause like back then Facebook marketplace, it was probably racing though. I it, we didn't it even was, know about that then. Nah, it, didn't it, even it was, this about this shit yet. was mostly on like forums and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, okay. There was an old Craig's There list. was an old Midvale Speedway forum though, mm-hmm. where people were selling cars too, and it ran off their website back then. So I was getting on there and finding like ads these guys were posting on that Midvale Speedway forum for so, cars. So I started finding some old like Monte car like street stocks.
1: What was the first year you raced? Oh nine. Okay.
2: So I started showing my dad these street stocks and stuff. I'm like, let's get one of these street stocks and just have some fun. My, these are my dad's exact words. He said, well, if we're going to go race, we're going to late model. And I'm like, okay. So then he discovered racing junk
3: <laughs>
2: and started looking up these late models. And I, I got no clue what I'm getting into at this point. You know, like I can work on shit, but i enough. nothing. Never yeah. driven a car around the track of my life. And I hadn't been to the racetrack in eight years. So then once I start getting this idea and we start talking about lay models, I go down and start watching a couple of races. And I'm like, he wants to do this? <laughs> so he found a car on racing junk for $7,500. It was an old Hal car, like early 90s. But it, had a, it was an over rear end and everything. It had a good motor in it, though. He wanted to buy it. So me, Dad, and
1: Jimmy... Were you with us?
0: Yeah, I was with you. I went to Tennessee. It was Tennessee, Kentucky? wasn't it? Or it was Kentucky? that was mm-hmm. Tennessee.
1: That's where you went to get it? Yeah.
0: It, yeah. So
2: we drive down to Kentucky and I buy this fucking template car.
0: I know it was in the time change.
2: It was a template car. hmm And that was a whole fucking fiasco in itself. Like, <laughs> this guy, I'm talking to him on the phone, he's just yelling at me, It's on Retrofo Road! And I'm like, I don't know what this guy's saying. My dad's like... Give Jimmy the phone. Jimmy takes his phone. He hangs it up. My dad's like, what road's he on? Jimmy's like, I don't have a clue what this guy's saying. We went and looked at this car in a barn, <laughs> bought it, brought it back. We cut it. We cut a lot of it apart. Just the exhaust was terrible. Just stupid yeah. shit. Huh. L-
0: little little stuff. Cutting sure apart. shit apart. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We took it down there. <laughs> we took it down like, I it was like three or four weeks into the season. Because I've only ever made opening night once in my life. And it's overrated once. Yeah. And it's
0: overrated, but are not making opening nights getting there at the beginning of August. Yeah. July 4th. <laughs> July
1: 4th. We shoot for July 4th.
0: So we, we got down on the track with that fucking
2: car unloaded it. I strapped in it and they were lining the late models up to qualify. And they said, first go time out, ever go out and qualify. Never driven a car around a track <laughs> in my fucking life. And I went out and tried to qualify. I think I spun out three times before I got out of the chute. (laughs) They let me go back out and try over. It was so bad. (laughs) And I raced that night, and I can remember getting lapped and looking when people lapped me. And I remember the first car that lapped me was Mike Miller in his blue 53 car. Yep, yeah, That dude lapped me and slid all the way up the wall right in front of my nose, and I thought to myself, I'm like, I am never – going to be as fast as these guys <laughs> there ain't no fucking way and we worked by the end of that year like we weren't competitive because that car didn't have yeah. it yeah i mean you're running a template car against a bunch of outlaws like it, it, we we were taking a knife to a gunfight oh yeah and then my dad told me he's like well my goal was to give you a piece of shit and either you'd work on it all year and stick with it or you'd take up something else so then the next year i bought Another car. It was just... I, I think I missed the whole group thing of like having a bunch of people together working on shit and going to the racetrack.
1: I could say that, but yet... I hardly ever have a whole bunch of people going with me
2: to go to the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was always like a family thing for us. I mean, you too, but you your family was all racing too.
1: When my family all goes to the racetrack, it's because... They are all racing too. Yeah, you know that's part of, kind was of like, part of our problem. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. We, were,
2: we were always just the help. Yeah, and then once I started, I like you said, I never thought about not doing it. Like I remember when I met Miranda, and we had that conversation about racing. You know, I'm like, I'm probably going to continue to do this. It's like it. what I'm going to do. You know, I said, but I'll never financially like put it between family like if if i can't afford my kids or you or anything else then or a house or you know i'll step away but if i can keep doing it i'm gonna keep doing it I, i never thought when i started that it would turn into like that's what i'm gonna do for a living i didn't i never like looked that far down the road but that didn't happen until i started working for scott and that was where, like, I had a bunch of respect for Baker, you know. He took he took a chance with that shit. But I think that was why, like, I gravitated toward and liked watching him race was because kind of like Tim Ice with you, even though it happened to me when I was way older, was like he wanted to take me to the racetrack. Like, hey, go to Columbus with us. We'll buy your hotel. We'll do all this stuff. Just right. come down and work on the car, you know what I mean? So I, I liked to see him win because you, you were a part of
1: it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess – Tim Ice and Brian Volk. I mean, honestly, when I was a kid, and this, this goes back to how much mom went to the races. If dad was racing out of town on a Saturday or something, like say he was going to, whether I know there were some times he went to like Clearfield, Pennsylvania or or Jennerstown or, or down to Shady Bowl or something, he's going for a weekend. Mom took me and Rob to Canton to watch Brian. Yeah. You know, and Brian was the same deal, you know, paid attention to us, talked to us, you know, loved going much. And then actually, in a way, it's probably how I got back into it because when I was like a junior and senior, dad and I was helping Brian and that's where I'm like, you know, I think I want to drive. I think i to buy a car. I started making money, you know, making these money working like, fuck it, i buy my own car. And then Brian's like, I'll buy you a set of tires and I'll buy you a pad at the racetrack and Timmy Ice, give me a trailer. Damn. You know, let me borrow it. it yeah. But that's what's no, weird. Still- it's, it's
2: odd how like small of a community it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're doing it locally. And like, There's a certain few amount of people that you can spot it through time that wouldn't be racing if it was wasn't for other racers in that same group
3: yeah
1: well see like my dad helped tim kind of bump up the late models Mm -hmm. you know he kind of tim tim i don't know i don't even know the whole story we can maybe find that out down down the road here but like tim spent a lot of time with dad like in the early 80s kind of learning off of him yeah you know and the right way and wrong way to do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid, I can't remember the name of the road, but Tim lived in this like raised ranch house in his garage, it was like in his basement, you know, like had half oh, yeah, basement, yeah, half a basement, half a garage. Mm-hmm. And we were up there all the time. I'd be up, I'd be upstairs watching something on the TV or something. He had the best dog over, ever. It was this Cocker Spaniel thing, He'd eat cigarette butts rip beer cans <laughs> apart, eat toads. And they said if he changed his dog food, he'd puke for a week. <laughs> but he'd eat anything. He'd love, oh, cigarette butts. He'd like. <laughs> After they'd fizz and go out, he'd spit it out. <laughs> it was funny how, like,
2: then smoking was, everybody did. Yeah, that was Ev- the, everybody yeah,
0: did. That was the normal, everybody. Yep. I got peeing. Go Again? Pee. Damn, Sibla. What? One and a half. There's fucking four cans sitting in front of your chair. <laughs> <The>
2: fuck! <laughs> I can't wait to ask him when he gets back.
0: About what?
2: <laughs> His least favorite racing nickname.
0: Because oh, I know what's coming. Uh, yeah, I, do. I know what's coming, too, but that's okay. We don't. Yeah, it'll be funny. How far into this are we? We are only an hour and 34. Well, that's not bad. No. Not bad. No. Not bad at all. We got another hour. <laughs> Oh, at least, at least.
2: Why was it sixty-five degrees today in February?
0: Uh because that volcano, dude. You I mean, what? do we want to go down this these rabbit holes no. in this podcast too, or are we gonna? We can't. I, we're gonna okay, have to start like, another one for that. We're probably ask about aliens later. I mean, we're not gonna do the alien thing right now, but uh, we can. What was the, what was the volcano in the Pacific that oh, erupted and created man, all the steam? Yeah, and yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that though because, you know, it's because we're driving around diesel trucks and driving race cars and it's making the fucking climate bad.
2: The race cars are definitely a problem. <laughs> oh, that's terrible.
0: That? No, I guarantee you my diesel truck puts off more emissions than your race car. We're talking about global
1: warming. Yeah, I mean this but, is uh, we
0: we were we got way sidetracked went just off there. The rails. All right, so <laughs> All right. But <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got an answer ready for
2: this one. Least favorite racing nickname of what myself? No anybody that you've ever heard and if you don't say the one i'm thinking i'm gonna be pissed
1: (laughs) (laughs) are we talking about just say it (laughs) el presidente (laughs)
0: yeah that's the one that's what i was waiting that's the one
1: it's so dumb He doesn't even like it.
0: No, but the funniest part was when you used to not get it. <laughs> that is true. There was a point in time when you They're were like, like why, why do they, yeah, like, they call him El
2: president?" Because his name is Jimmy Carter. And you're like, so? I'm like, the president, you jackass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker wasn't.
1: He never my president. He probably was for like first five years of my life. <laughs> I had to ask
2: you that because I wanted to laugh about Jimmy. Jimmy oh, Jimmy's like another one of them people that like I met through racing that I do, when I met him, I didn't think I'd like him, yeah, and then hang around the guy for a bit and end up really liking him, oh, he's fun, and the same way like with Richie, like I can remember being a kid like I was supposed to hate Richie Roy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there was I mean, t-shirts. Was the whole thing. there was t shirts made and everything for that, yeah, there was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the Rich Roar Boohoo Club. And I can remember, like, actually sitting and talking to Richie for the first time. Was it that damn Oxfordist <laughs> we used to go up with you guys?
1: When I, like, said, Hey, hey, Rick, you want to meet Rich Roar? You know, the guy you don't like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ever since then, I've fucking love the guy. Oh, yeah. I've known Rich. Well, me and his daughter, Jen, basically grew up together. She's the same age as me. Like, we've been friends since three, four, five Mm -hmm. years old, something like
2: that. Yeah, Rich is fun. We got to talk to Rich. Yeah. I think it would be a good time. I don't know if he would. I think for me, he would. Maybe.
1: What the fuck?
0: We got to try to find some of them T-shirts, so that's all I'm concerned about I don't think
2: any of them are left. Especially the ones Jimmy made.
0: Yeah, the ones Jimmy made were the best.
1: That's almost like the... uh, you guys probably never seen them, but, uh, so Terry Meyer, Doug Meyer's dad yeah. that my dad worked for for a long time. He always built engines called mountain motors. Well, at one time, his brother, Jimmy had a t-shirt shop <laughs> and he made these t-shirts that said crazy, had like crazy Terry on there, had a kind of a goofy picture of his brother on there, like his head, his elongated neck cause Terry's a real skinny guy. And then it's... <laughs> It said another mountain blows, and it had a mountain in the background with like pistons and rods and (laughs) shit flying out of it. And what's really crazy, there was always, it's probably still in there at Terry's shop. There's like a big picture, like, I don't know, like an 18 by 24 picture on the wall of Terry wearing that shirt at like Toledo working on dad's car, (laughs) you know? That'd be good. Same with, uh, you know, Dave Stacey. Yeah. His brother-in-law is Mike Rush. And Mike Rush would have, like, I think Dave's, they had, like, something like, they had some shirts made up about Dave flipping into the pond at Daytona and the (laughs) Goody's Dash Race. But then they also had, like, Mike Rush Sucks T-shirts or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And Mike Rush would be wearing the Mike Rush T-shirt, socks, you
2: know. Yeah, J- Jimmy's T-shirts were uh "I hate warm beer,
1: cold pussy, and rich roar." <laughs> I think I vaguely remember them as a kid because they probably sat and turned four. Oh right yeah, he did. Right where behind where we did, yeah, and it, yeah. there was a time yeah. where. Patty and Jen sat there and then they moved down and like turned one. Oh, yeah, they it. got
2: the hell out of that mess. Yeah. It was a mess. Like, we got thrown out of there when I was a kid. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, it's like Rick Rick threw a beer can at, at Richie. and he somehow, while he was on the racetrack, hit his car. Yep. <laughs> that's Which like, is right the o- only person who's right ever hit what you're throwing at. Like, <laughs> to,
1: it like it makes you wish like you could rem- exactly remember the shit you've seen as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, I mean? hate the fogginess of it. Yeah. So much.
2: (laughs) Favorite racetrack, Sibla? I know you're going to say Mansfield.
1: Well, favorite racetrack to race, and I won the most, yeah, Mansfield. Best racetrack to race on ever? Bristol.
2: I figured that.
1: It is ridiculous how awesome that place is. But it's also in the same time easy to drive around compared to Winchester. Because if Winchester, if you don't scare the shit out of yourself like once or twice a lap,
0: you ain't doing it right. You ain't going fast enough. Mm -hmm.
1: But like, they're like the same racetrack, but one of them's like driving down the most perfect, smoothest, brand new road you've ever been on. And one of them's like Driving on, not quite Gorge Road, <laughs> but not far from it.
2: Like something nicely gravelled.
1: <laughs> There's still some potholes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good story I got about mom. First time I ever went to Winchester. We didn't tell anybody. Like I knew I was going. My brother knew I was going. We didn't tell mom. We didn't tell. I was still living at home. Had the car, mom and dad's. We're going to Winchester. They all, we kind of let everybody believe that we were going to Shady Bowl. And so we go there, we qualify. I think I won the B main. And then we run like 10th in the race. I actually had cell phones back then. Called dad. Hey, how'd you do? Oh, run second or third, whatever, mid How'd you do? I'm like 10th. He goes, 10th. He goes, I figure you do a little better than that. I'm like, well, I figure it wasn't too bad for the first time being there. He's like, first time being there? He goes, you've been to Shady Bowl before. I'm like,
3: no. E- well, we skipped we the exit. We kind
1: of missed the exit to Shady Bowl. And we went to Winchester. He goes, you went where? <laughs> like, Winchester. And all I could hear was Mom's background go, where the fuck do you go? And Mom <laughs> never drops the F-bomb, but she said it that day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: goes, went to Winchester. That motherfucker. <laughs> And, uh, so we spent, we literally, me and Bob, I think slept in the pickup truck overnight because we was hanging out with some guys from Michigan that we knew and, uh, spent the night and then drove home and then mom didn't talk to me. You know, I'm living there. I'm living at home still. She didn't talk to me all week. About Wednesday or Thursday, she comes and makes it out to the garage after work. I got the car and the scales she still ain't saying nothing but she's still out there and like winchester getting into three and four you could run right against a wall and bump the wall and during the race you get even closer you know and i was bumping the wall and bumping the wall and passing cars and well you know you get concrete wedged in between the wheel and the tire so like i wiggle a little piece of concrete out of the wheel and tire and i handed it to mom and i'm like here one little souvenir from Winchester. She like threw that thing down the ground and stormed <laughs> off. Like the fact that I didn't get kicked out of the house <laughs> just blows my mom. So you can't, mama.
2: you can't, did you just say blows my mom? My
1: mind. I might have said that, but I meant blows my mind. I don't know
2: what you said, but it didn't come out right either way. You can't do that shit now because it all gets put. Like, who shows up or what track gets thrown on the fucking internet
3: immediately.
1: Oh, oh and yeah. Like, you yeah, could. I couldn't do, just like everybody else says, you couldn't do half the stuff that we did in the freaking nineties and early 2000s.
2: No, everybody talks about people eating Tide Pods and how big of morons they are. I'm like, That's, you just think they're morons because there weren't video cameras twenty years ago. Like <laughs> 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 no, they, they weren't videoing all the dumb shit they did. No, I think like.
1: If, eh, but if we had, if we had videos. No, we've been videoing the stupid
2: shit we did. Oh, yeah. I, I still think oh, my favorite track to go turn a lap on is Toledo. I, I just love it there. I don't want why. Interesting
1: thing about Toledo. Uh, I
0: think like, we just lost Sibla's microphone whenever it f- just fell.
1: Am I out completely? Am I there?
0: Hold on. Oh, it's back. Whatever oh, you just right. touched. Probably that. Uh, oh, ah. Yeah. Am I, I in th- now? I think, yeah, you're good. I think you muted it. I gotta have the blue button on? Yeah, I think you might have hit the mute button. Okay. Okay, cool.
1: So, yeah, interesting that's thing
0: That's why about, I'm still wearing these goofy fucking things. Yeah, <laughs> interesting
1: thing about Toledo, there wasn't a mod race there forever. Like, I don't think I went there until, like, 2006, 2007 or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I go there, and... The first time I went there, we got in a wreck a couple weeks before that. Didn't know it, but we bent the rear end. And my car was super loose there, like just crazy loose. So I run the race. I think I pulled out or something. I I didn't make the whole race. And I told Dad, I'm like, I don't know what you think is so great about this place. Like, I think Mansfield's faster than this place. He goes, you're out of your mind. This This place ain't half the racetrack Mansfield is. I'm like okay, I'm just telling you what I feel, but in a modified Mansfield, I'm probably faster at the end of the straightaway than I am at Toledo because Toledo's straightaways are like 20 foot long, mm-hmm. you know. Well, then it was like a couple years later, I went to went there in the outlaw car, and I went out for the first practice session, come back in, and I get out of the car dad goes, how is that? I go. Now I know why you like this place so much. I say, because this place is awesome. (laughs) It's a different deal on an outlaw car. Oh, big time. You just, it's nothing like, it. it it is, it's definitely the baddest ass track in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Especially now.
2: I even love Lorraine in the outlaw car. Yeah. Just because you got the grip.
1: I love Lorraine. I don't know. For, I just, I've always been good there.
2: I had one of the best race weekends ever with you at Lorraine, sweeping the open <laughs> mod. And I've had cra- a couple, and the cra- and the crate mod race. That have... was that was the best though, with your piece of shit crate motor.
1: <laughs> the best
2: beating the best modifieds in a fucking tri-state area.
1: You wouldn't know what's funny is literally the year before that when they had that it was actually like a five thousand win race the year before mm. that's when we all went on vacation down in florida that weekend because like rick and kathy came yeah, up yeah. there for the night so i was already in florida hanging out at jimmy harris's shot or house i stayed with him for a couple of days and that weekend i'm like you know what i bet i could take my crate monitor up there and be fast like i think i could learn like i bet you i can go up there and win this race like, I should have been right here racing right now. And it was like one year later, here we are. And then the other best thing about that weekend was the shit that Brandon Short was talking to everybody in the pits. Oh, my God. He'd be down there at Steinman's going like, what do you think about Sibla? Ah, that ain't no goddamn crate motor. That's a cheating crate motor if it is. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was Steinman's or not, but he, he said it was Steinman's or down that area. And then he goes, "Who do you think he's going to win? Think he's he's got a good car to win? Well, no, he's just got a crate motor. Is he, well, has he got a crate motor? Or has he got a cheating crate motor? Well, like which one is it? <laughs> and like
2: I know you went and fucked with Gainus about it too, because Jeff was there.
1: I don't remember talking to Gainus.
2: Yeah, he was there.
1: He was there the year before. I don't think he was here the year I won.
2: Yeah. Was he? Yeah. He wrecked. I, oh He I don't got know. he got in that that turn one and two deal. I think.
1: I don't know. I don't remember him being there.
2: I'm pretty sure he was. But I know uh, Brandon roamed around the pits and just talked shit to everyone. Oh, yeah, that was the best. Because
1: that was the first time we spent the night at his house. Yeah, and that
2: was when we discovered you're a much better actual race car driver than an
1: iRacing
0: driver. Oh, I
1: am terrible at (laughs) iRacing. Absolutely terrible.
0: But it's exactly the same thing. It ain't nothing. Ask anybody who's good at iRacing, it's the same thing.
1: I could see going from iRacing to real racing a lot easier than I could see going from (laughs) real real racing to 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 iRacing.
2: Unless, like, I'd like to try it on one of those simulators where, like, the actual seat because that's what throws me. Like, you can't tell when you're spinning out because your ass don't move. Yes, that's my struggle.
1: Yeah, and I've never done that either. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have that's going to be a next thing on our list to build is a like a full blown -blown. iRacing. Yeah, I mean it can't be hard. I mean there's people doing it like.
0: We're gonna to have to start a GoFundMe. I
1: mean you got a g- computer that could run it.
0: Go GoFundMe for iRacing Simulator.
1: All it takes That's... is some actuators, right? Can't I don't that. get it. Can't be that difficult. Yeah, but we gotta How do
0: you encode the actuators to work with the motions on the screen? Is the hard
1: part. I'm sure there's a simple program for it. <laughs> <laughs> you could figure it out. Titan. <sighs>
2: It took him four hours to figure out these microphones.
0: It, it was a struggle with these microphones. Turns out you can't use the same brand of microphone if you're doing USB
1: mics. <laughs> it, it is kind of funny now. I'm, like you said that earlier, but now I'm looking like they are all three different. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. We ha- there's a, if you look over there, to your left shoulder, there's another identical mic to the one you're talking into.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can't use. You can't just rename them. No. No. It's no. That's crazy. It's nuts. So I think
2: eventually we could run it through a switchboard and make it all work but yeah. that's
0: it's it's a process.
1: I'll talk to Sid tonight or tomorrow probably. Yeah. They'll be asleep by the time I get home. I would hope so. We'll I mean, this, it this is, is
0: almost 11.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Ricky already texted me and said, "Hey, do older kids are home? Asking where you're at." I'm like "Tell them
0: to come over here. I'm
1: here. Just stop."
2: Yeah, we should have brought should have brought them over and got their take on everything. <laughs> I, I really liked their, like, that year you won the Lorraine race. Because it was just me, you, and, and Tim, Tim, your car owner, and Rick. Good
1: yeah. Boy. Yeah.
2: And he was, like, he was getting into it.
1: That was ah, oh, that was the best. That was the most year he was into it. And then he got a freaking job. Like, I love the fact he's working. But, but he's him good. working on the weekends sucks. Afternoons, weekends. Like, I told him, I told him you need to get a day shift job. so like, next year
2: (laughs) because he was he was starting to understand stuff too
1: yeah oh yeah
2: because you're you're one of my least favorite people to try to work on their car at the racetrack
1: i'm least
3: favorite i think i ought
2: to be the most favorite because when you pull in and it's like hey what like what's your car doing you're like oh well uh, i don't really know (laughs) like okay it's a great starting point Let's work from I don't know. <laughs> and then I discovered the trick with you, like especially at Lorraine, because at Lorraine, if you stand off a turn two, right at the shoot, yeah, we're like we're ten I, I can see what you're doing to the steering wheel going into the corner, and I can see what you're doing to the steering wheel coming off the corner, and like I know where you put your hands, and I can <laughs> see where they're at, and then instead of it, like at Lorraine, instead of asking you like what you think the car's doing. I just make my own assumption based on how far I see your hands moving and then just work on it from there.
1: See that's how my because, brother
2: worked and then we worked out good. Because you did like remember you tell me you're like, Well, I feel like when I go down into turn three, like the front end don't quite do what I want it to do. But as long as I move up a little bit and just drive the corner different, it's okay. And I'm like, how can we make it so where you want to drive, the car works good? You're like, no, I can just move around. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's not the goal here. <laughs> you did that same shit at Jennerstown. Yeah. The first time I was over there with you. You're like, I don't know. Going into three, it just feels weird. But I just do this and it goes away. <laughs> and I'm like, let's fix it. Here's an idea. Let's. Is that the first time you went over there? was ridiculous cuz you went on the track and I watched you on the watch and you were like three quarters of a second faster than second place well that was the second time or the, the, the first a, time I wasn't there yeah first time you weren't yeah, there yeah it was the, when I went over for with uh John and them guy the yeah the, Bob Gruball yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah I remember Bob, I was trying to remember John's Hollywood Motorsports is what it was that's yeah, what it's called yeah that was frustrating, because they were taking. A, they, once again, though, that's like taking a knife to a gunfight. Late model racing, like they had a, they had a car that's, a, like by all standards, a really nice, really well built car. I mean, they had a good crate motor, good set of shocks, good set of springs, Jericho transmission, you know, the whole nine yards. But when the chassis geometry, with the way stuff is now, was outdated by ten years, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot you were gonna do. Then they, you know, had taken it to a certain manufacturer that supposedly put it on a pull down rig and all this shit. And then I get there and set the wear indicators on the car and they didn't touch the track. So I moved them down. I had them an inch and a half below the cross member and they still never hit the track. Right. So the cars cruising around an inch and a half high. Like if you're gonna try to win a twenty thousand dollar win race, you gotta unload a little closer than that. To no fault of theirs. They took it to right. people that were professionals. And had it pulled down and done all this shit, and it just didn't translate. That was a that's that was a frustrating couple of trips over there. Not yeah, bad. The second year that I went, we got the car like a second and a tenth faster than it was when we unloaded it. Yeah, that's. If amazing. you can make up a second at the racetrack, you're doing something. But and then they. Like I said, they had good parts, car held together. They finished the race, and they ended up finishing, like, sixth. Yeah. Just because once it's a 200-lap race, it becomes a fucking war of attrition.
1: Yeah, and everybody races it like it's 20 laps. So Mm -hmm. crazy.
2: The Glass City was the same way. There was nothing like pulling out on that racetrack for the Glass City 200, though.
1: I think the only time I ran the Glass City 200, it was the Glass City 150. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, like... 2010 or 2011. And I had a pretty good car. Qualified, just made the show. And then dad's like, I'm going to start these air pressures out pretty low. Take it easy, first couple laps. <laughs> Lap two, I drive into turn three, blaster in there, damn near knocked the fence down. Oh, shit. I guess I got a couple more laps than that. Then I kind of settled in and then I just started pacing and I caught Harold Fair. Senior.
2: Probably at, in the car that I ended up getting off of him.
1: Probably. And we just drove through the field. And, like, I think I got, I think the caution come out at lap 56. So was going to have a halfway break at 75. And I'm blowing oil out of the freaking valve cover. Mm. Had to pull out. But I was running, like, eighth or ninth already. Yeah. You know? Like, well, granted, I don't think I was going to win, but I was probably going to finish like fourth. Yeah. You know, without even just as like, I just maintain.
2: But. I remember the one race for the Glass City 200. I was running pretty good.
0: Yeah, I remember it, too. I don't yeah. want to remember it. Either. You were
2: spotting for me.
0: Yeah, I will never forget that. That was the most I fucking worthless win. fucking time of my life. <laughs> It was like got wasted two days of my life for
2: nothing. I dro- They dropped the fucking green flag from that race, and it was like you ever have that race that as soon as the green flag drops and you touch the gas pedal, you know you can win. Oh yeah. Okay, that felt weird for me, being it's the Glass City Two Hundred, and as soon as we took the green, I'm like I can win this fucking race. Like the car was like as perfect of a car as I've ever driven. And it was like, Steve was fast qualifier. He started, we qualified like third Mm -hmm. or something. Cause Steve started right behind me and he was in one of Brian's cars. We took off. I left Steve and I drove around the guy on that was outside of me. I drove around the next guy. I drove around the next guy and it was just like, everything was just fucking clicking. And I got up to like third or no fourth. I was passing for third. Eight laps into the fucking race, we was just hooked up. All of a sudden, I fucking go into turn one and I bounce off the guy on the outside of me like a jackass, wreck the car into the infield wall, get towed off the fucking racetrack. He's spotting for me, doesn't ask if I'm okay, nothing. At that point, I didn't really care if
0: just he was dead.
2: <laughs> just he comes across the radio and goes. What in the fuck is wrong with you? It is a fucking two hundred lap race, and you're driving the wheels off that son of a bitch. Uh, I'm done fucking talking to you. And you just the radio shuts off. Like I hear nothing else from him. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, we hook the car up I to pissed. I hook the car up to the tow truck. It's fucking junk, and we're pulling it in, and I get. I'm sitting on the door of the car. Like, you you know that shitty feeling when you're getting towed in, you're sitting on the driver's door. And they pull me all the way into the pits. Like, it was bad enough for the 200. Usually they throw you in the infield. Yeah. No, they took me out. So we go, we back it up to the trailer. And as they're back in the car, I just, the whole time I'm getting pulled off track, here. clunk, 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 clunk. And I'm like, the fuck is that? The whole front end's off the, tra- or off the track. So we get back and figure out what happened. When I went into turn one, and, like, you just squeeze the brake a little bit, especially if you're trying to go under somebody, the right rear brake caliper bracket snapped in half, and it spun. And when it spun, it locked the right rear wheel up. Oh, I'm just. So when I went into the corner, the right rear tire just locked up because the caliper spun, wedged in the wheel. It fucked a whole bunch of stuff up. And I noticed it because as soon as we put it, On like in front of the trailer to get it loaded, there was a puddle of brake fluid under the right rear, which didn't have a mark on it. I hit nothing on the right rear. Right. And that caliper was all twisted up in the wheel. I'm like, I didn't just lose it. I didn't run out of talent on that one. It was like the time I spun up there for that that, uh, gold cup and main event race, I spun it all by myself off of turn four like a fucking idiot. Just... (laughs) Driving off turn four, all of a sudden the car just stepped sideways, and I went wrecking through that like that shady figure eight track. Yeah. Dude, I thought that car was going to go tumbling through that figure eight. Like when you hit that little bit of banking of it, it dropped off the other side, and I'm like flying down through the infield. Luckily, I've never done that. Not to hit the fucking wall. And I just ended up straightening it out. Never stalled the car or nothing. Straightened. I drove into the pits. I pulled up to the pit, and they're looking at the car. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I just lost it like just lost it off of 4. I'm like, "No, you're fine. Go back out." So they threw the caution and stuff, you know, cuz I wrecked through the fucking infield. So I go back, I restart in the tail. We start running some laps. Car's fine, everything's fine again. And then I I think I was like going down the front straightaway and I heard the motor just making this weird fucking sound. And I'm like, ah, "I better pull in." So I got to the chute there to pull into the pits. Like, you duck it down off a of turn four, drive kind of through that figure eight yeah, track. that's into the a pits. Goofy deal. So, I pull into the pits. I ran it for, like, eight laps after the caution. I pull into the pits, and I knew the motor was blown up because then it blew a puff of smoke and shit out of it. Like, it wasn't good. So, I pulled in the pits. I shut the car off, and that motherfucker kept running. I got the ignition switch off. I killed the main switch for the battery. The car's sitting there. Ruff, ruff, ruff. I'm like, what the fuck? Rick ended up shoving something. I think he shoved his shirt in the air cleaner to shut it off it the fan spacer got out of like walked off on the bolts in the water pump it blew the water pump gaskets and it pumped all the fucking water out of it which is i think i hit that and wrecked so i ran like eight laps with no fucking water in the car that's good temp gauge never moved because they only read correctly if there's water on them
1: is why we should run a water pressure gauge, but hey, we never actually
2: got one in there now. And uh Yeah, it pumped all the fucking water out, but it was so hot, like the pistons and shit were glowing red, so it just kept running in the pits. It was like a like a runaway diesel pretty much. Yeah. Like it just sat there and ran. And I melted everything in that fucking motor down.
1: That track will junk a car. I did pile a the fence there in Bullet's car one time. Guy hit me going on the front straight, and I did the old tank slapper down the front straightaway, mm-hmm. and then blasted one of them big ass foam blocks, which are not soft. No, no, they destroy a no. car, and I feel like they, they might
0: fuck it up more than they help.
1: Well, they make it look really bad. Yeah, they I do. I think somehow, I think they feel like they take make the driver take impact over. Like, like, yeah, like a longer boy.
2: yeah. Like maybe it's a period of time thing, because like it lasts, like it compresses, yeah. Or like something. you might
1: get it hit more on the rebound or something.
2: It's weird. I'm not a fan of the foam. What was the worst wreck you were ever in?
1: I haven't had too many real bad ones. Man,
0: the fucking smoke's coming out yeah, and I'm I don't, thinking.
1: I mean, I've had a couple like launching through the infield at Midville on the night you got married and Yeah, and you missed my wedding. Blast blasted, blasted at the wall. Uh like my very first race, very first race ever, heat race, Lorraine County. We didn't have the brakes right. Like we had the more rear brake than front brake. And if all places, Lorraine is the worst place to have that.
0: I had to have max rear brake. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I started like, I started last and I started catching the field, you know? And I finally, I went in there and I'm like, oh shit. I got in a little too hot. So I hit the brakes a little harder. And that thing come around on me at the, and I kind of got sideways top of the hill right before it crested over. And I meant like try to hit the brake, but I hit the gas and that thing slid sideways down and I blasted the wall the you know, the outgoing wall, but it was almost oh, yeah, more yeah, yeah. like right in the middle of where you park. Like I freaking smashed the interior all up with my arm. Cause my arm went over, just destroyed it. And I was so just dejected, you know, first race ever. And I junk her out, which yeah. I really didn't, I broke like. The strut rod bar, yeah, and that was really about it. I don't think I really messed anything else up. Smashed the interior up pretty bad for my arm, but
2: I think the like the one that hurt the worst for me was just like when that transmission broke in my old car. And it was just going down the back straightaway at Midvale, and the transmission exploded. And when it broke, the driveshaft stayed connected to the rear end. And the whole tranny blew into pieces. But the driveshaft being hooked to the rear end, it knocked the driveshaft loop out of the car. And my fire bottle was, like, mounted behind my shifters. So it knocked the fire bottle all the way up into my armpit. And my arm was wedged against the roof of the car. (laughs) And when it did that, it did, like, a full 360 and then stopped, like, right before the wall. And I didn't know what happened. Like, I had no fucking clue. I was out there by myself. It was on a Friday night practice. Yeah. And it just, I'm sitting in the car. The car's still running. And I remember I had one of them big, like, spot mirrors on the left side. And I looked in my spot mirror, and I'd built transmissions a bunch. And I saw the big-ass reverse gear from a Muncie rolling down the side of the track <laughs> into the infield and then it just slowly tipped over <laughs> and i'm like oh the fucking transmission blew up but it took me that long to realize my arm was above my head yeah and like i looked down the whole interior was caved in i could see the rear end through the hole that it ripped in the in the interior i, I that was honestly look probably the hardest i ever got hit was just from that drive shaft beating the shit out of the inside of the car the only other one would have been when Brandon ramped over top of me just because the tire, his right front tire, hit the left side headrest on my seat. And there's still the black on the seat. I like to prove it. And I remember him hitting me, and I didn't think I hit that hard, but it just completely peeled the whole left side of the car off. And I remember looking up, like, out, my, out the left corner of my eye, and I could see Brandon's drive shaft
0: <laughs> spinning
2: his rear end, like above my head. And then it slammed down on the racetrack. That one, like, it hit hard enough and, like, in a weird enough spot. I, I still maintain I think the tire hit my head. It not, not like – there was obviously other shit in the way. But the tire basically drove into my fucking head. And it was – that was a weird one. Like, them – the way them cars will ramp each other when you hit the left rear – is a bit of a problem.
1: I uh I wrecked pretty hard at the IRP one time. Middle of the back straightaway, car just darted to the right. Hit the wall in the middle of the back straight. ended up I think I was coming off turn four by the time my car stopped. Oh yeah. You know, that was pretty hard. But like they've all been like wrecks like that. Kinda of, like the same thing at Midville like two years ago, hit the wall, middle of the front straightaway, but then come off of it and then hit the wall again in the middle of yeah. one and two and Laying in the middle of the back straight. That that's that actually that right there was probably one of my hardest hits. Was that last year, two years ago? Midvale's
2: I've seen a lot of cars junk there and that's what's weird about it. Like it doesn't seem like it should happen, but it does occasionally.
1: Yeah. A lot of concrete there. <laughs> a lot of concrete.
2: Clayton, you haven't said anything in a while.
0: I'm just taking it all in, man.
2: You drank too much.
0: <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, when you sit all the beer here on the table right in front of us, is what happens. It's a makeshift cooler. The only
2: person who's got beer left in that makeshift cooler is Yeah,
1: he's slacking. <laughs> well, I drank a couple of my other ones. <laughs> but, you know, they're cold off the basement floor.
2: So what are you going to run this year?
1: Uh... Well I don't a hundred percent know. There's so they put a race at IRP that I'd like to go to, but it's like May 3rd. IRP's fun. And it's like I feel like we aren't gonna be ready for that. Love it if we were, but I just we got a lot of work to do in three months. And then so that's a Midwest show they just added. Wanna go to the hot shoe again and then probably run other than those two shows probably the the big race at Lorraine that's in May honestly other than that we'll probably just run like pick and choose the Midville Lorraine and Sandusky races like the Ohio Wheelman's got a race at Berlin and a race at Kalamazoo that I'd love to go to I just don't know if it's feasible to go there. You know, July fourth one I think Kalamazoo is July fourth. hard to go when we can run in the backyard one, yeah, for, for what they're paying. Probably almost the same money. Right. You know, you know what I mean? And it's what are we, thirteen minutes from I think I'm thirteen minutes from midfield from the house. You know. They're
2: gonna run mods at the clash.
1: Not that I know of. there hasn't been much on the schedule at Kalamazoo other than I don't know if they have I don't know if they have a Midwest race and an Ohio Wheelman race or they only have an Ohio wheelman race. I think they only have an Ohio Wheelman race because oh, I shit. put like all the schedules in my phone, and I'm pretty sure I only put Kalamazoo in there once was the and the it was the Ohio man. Wheelman. Which I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome show. They're having the street socks there. It's going to be a big event. They said it was big last year.
2: Yeah, but when they're paying as much money, they're right probably, here.
1: They're probably probably paying almost the same money to be home. Yeah. Now, granted, their Midville's probably running on the second or the third. I haven't looked at the. They haven't posted their schedule, and I haven't looked at the calendar to see exactly where the fourth is falling. And. Kalamazoo is on the 4th yeah but then again what do we also do on the 4th yeah there's other shit people like to do like we have a big party at our house on the 4th right
2: (laughs) yeah and I don't think you're getting out of that one
1: no because it was uh, it was getting close last year with the whole I don't know if we're going to make it and then Midville canceled and canceled again or something yeah that's always a good party though oh it's like the best one of the year for us so, I don't know. That's if they, were, if
2: they run mods for the clash, we should both go.
1: I don't know if the other because I want to go.
0: You're looking at me like I don't want to.
2: I don't care if that was the only race we ran this year.
1: I don't, I don't know if, uh, I know Tim likes going anywhere new, so that's not a problem, mm. but. We just have to kind of see how them to and like there's a there's another the very first ohio wheelman race is the to be determined it doesn't it has a date but doesn't have a track or anything it's left it open it's left open yeah they don't know there's lots of ideas that they want to run jennerstown like because the street stocks are going over there and midwest is not going back there like they did last year mm-hmm. but it's just out in the open nobody really knows what it's gonna be so i don't know i mean kind of the same old deal we're gonna run our local crap and you well, are not crap but you know lorraine midville <laughs> run them shows at sandusky and honestly other than that i'd like to go just go to
0: Go to some of the bigger stuff too. Yeah. yeah. It kinda
1: sucks. Yeah. Birch Run is Birch Run isn't having that big ash show that they had last year that we missed. But uh you
0: want some apple juice?
1: Birch Run's not doing that? No. Uh <laughs> no, they they John Doring took that. Remember John Doring? Yeah. He took that track over. <laughs> and uh i had that same reaction uh and i don't know they they canceled that cuz that was a whole like well, it was it was a down syndrome awareness race that's what that was the whole reason for that that's why they called it the down that's why they called it downright awesome race i didn't know that oh i didn't know that's why it was called that yeah yeah because that oh uh there's a guy named nick Nick lakota that i raced against up there Mm -hmm. his daughter has down syndrome she's only like maybe five years old i'm guessing i only seen her once or twice i don't know but that they are the ones that put that all on i got you so I don't know what happened with the new promoters.
2: Was there no Braden? in them guys went up for that? Yeah, yeah, and lash. we wanted to
1: go, but then that was... Remember, we ran, like, the first three nights and didn't make a lap because of engine problems? hmm So Tim's like, we just can't afford to go.
2: Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah,
1: but we went back there later in the year, and it was decent. Yeah. You know.
2: That place looks fun. It is. Where do you want to race? You haven't been yet. Myrtle Beach Motor Speedway. Because you've been about everywhere that you can go. Mm.
0: No.
1: Uh, I am in half the places Bullet has. To be honest with you. Uh. I want to. I haven't been to Kalamazoo. I haven't been to Berlin. I'd like to go to them too.
2: Berlin looks fun.
1: Um. Berlin, I feel like I need to put a crate motor in to go there. A little rainish. Yeah. Dude, they're paying like five. Your, motor, your motor's pretty much like a crate motor. It does react good. Like it has a, <laughs> it is smooth. Like it has power, but it is very smooth. Um. Best twenty five hundred bucks Tim ever spent. That motor was only twenty five hundred bucks. I don't even know. We didn't even really spend that. <laughs> we actually made 500 bucks on that deal. <laughs> we sold the other motor. That we Remember the open motor, the crappy yeah. open motor we had last year? Yeah. We sold that to a guy that ran a truck for, I think, $500 more than we paid for that one. <laughs> well,
2: hell. That's a way better piece.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, basically, we need to put an oil pan on it. If
2: you don't put an oil pan on it, I'm going to strangle you with that microphone cord. <laughs> I don't think you'll <laughs> do that that it. that fucking thing it is a jokey. How many times did I weld it? At least two or three. Yeah. And oh. it's not that my welds are terrible. They're not what leaked. It was everything
1: else. That thing was a fucking mess. Yeah. It, you know, it drives me nuts. Like, I got all these schedules in my phone. And I don't have one race. The only thing I can put in there for Midville is the freaking night of destruction on April thirteenth. The night well, they of haven't released it yet. Yeah. No, hmm. and I know like old Chris Kale is gonna go. Wow, we don't ever release our schedule until March. Well, guess what, buddy? Everybody else in the world's releasing it in freaking December and January. Get on the See, ball.
2: I go back and forth on that though. Releasing it late might be the move because then you can plan your schedule around everything else that's already set in stone.
1: You can, but does it need to be 2 months after everybody else? No. Yeah. No. But and it ain't like it's a big going to be a big surprise. Right.
2: It's they run the same shit every like, It's year. almost like
1: it's... they like, Chris is like, well, we don't want to print any sponsor sheets out until, or any schedules out until, until we have all the sponsors. sponsors. Down. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, don't put them on. Just post a freaking schedule. Yeah. These are the dates. We don't need to know the sponsors yeah, until down the fill road. That in later. Yeah. But like, and, and granted, we're even the minority because we're not a full-time division down there. Right. You know what I mean? But, like, you could post, okay, we're going to have the open mods Memorial Day, Labor Day, July 4th, Cavalcade, and maybe one or two other races like it was last year. Yeah. Is that that hard?
2: I I still think the answer for one of them track, like, Midville. I Midville's kind of like the outlier around here because it's the only track that survived well.
1: Yeah, consistently.
2: For uh, compare it to Barberton or even Lorraine. Lorraine's
1: Lorraine, been, it's it's patchy. Lorraine's, Lorraine's been up and down over the last twenty years.
2: Yeah, Midvale's consistently survived for one reason or not. I don't know what that reason
0: is, but I know exactly what that reason is. Why Midvale survived? I don't know. Yes, you do. The compact crowd.
1: That's true. Mm. <laughs> we no, got bigger hillbillies that, down here.
0: That that racetrack would be closed if it wasn't for all them compact people. That's the compact racers, the front wheel drivers.
3: Yeah,
2: that that keeps racetracks alive. It really does. Whether for some whether reason down like here,
0: it. there is a lot. Of I'll the tell
2: you what. Whether we, whether we like it or hate it, you know, you think about every compact. If if even they only have two people per car. If there's if you're fucking getting 30 of yeah, them on a regular night. 30 or 40 of them a night, that's a lot of pit passes. That's a
0: lot I'm of, not going to lie. I you're kind not of want them. a
1: Crown Vic for this year.
2: Those <laughs> are fun. I got hook us up with a... We can hook us up with a couple Crown Vicks if you want Because,
1: em.
0: uh... I know where there's one. I know Dude, the where there's... old The old Thought Patrol. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We'll get a, a couple Crown Vicks. so fucking happy. You see me Johnny's talk
2: talking about throwing together a couple Crown Vicks. You see Just me... Just to put random people in them.
1: You see me talk to, uh... Zach Stacy at the PRI show? Yeah. Well, his dad, Mike, who has won late models, modified races all over the freaking country. You know what I mean? He said he never had so much fun running that freaking Crown Vic at Pensacola. It does look fun. You know what I mean?
2: But I think, like, Midvale now, if it was me, if I, if I was running the track, I think I would run... The late models every other week, and the open mods every other week.
0: But alternate, them. alternate. Them. Yeah, do the open
2: mods. Yeah, maybe.
0: Because I I? I, I just, I well, disagree with that statement. I
2: don't, late model racing every week's expensive.
1: It is, but I honestly, I don't know if you. I don't know with the, with. Lorraine having a decent amount of mod shows. Well, Lorraine's changing that a bit. Yeah, and Sandusky having some shows. Like, I think the schedule at Midville with, let's say, five, six, seven open mod shows is good. You know what I mean? Like.
2: Oh, no, it's good. I I just, in my honest opinion, there's too many late model shows. I think running them every week is tough. And then you're not.
1: Is it the tires? Or is for it the a lot,
2: lot of people, yeah.
1: Like if you're not using. They them for like. The I feel like. I don't know. Have they Have they looked into them Cobra tires yet? Yeah,
2: it's not not a good situation on the late models. What do you mean? Like they're just slow as shit. I mean,
1: like s- how much slower? Uh, like over a
2: second. Page Page ran them last year. We did. I went down with that test for them. They were like, and Andrew Smart ran them too. So they had both their cars. I think on the racers that day they were in the thirteen seventies, and then they put the Cobras on, and they were like fourteen sixties.
1: Okay, what were we? What were we fifteen years ago on Goodyears? Fourteen sixties. When was racing better? Now. You think?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Really?
2: Yeah. Well, there was a better group of cars then. I think you had more people which was the thing then because there were there were twenty cars that could win instead of five. But I think the racing's better now.
1: Mm, I don't know. I guess I would not pay opinion. that much. In. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I I don't see a problem with slowing the cars down. I hate slowing cars down. I mean Especially an outlaw car. Yeah. you let that fucker go as fast as it'll go. I understand <laughs> that. But like I understand that too. But, like, I love, I love a hard, shitty-ass tire. You and me differ there. Well, because here's the thing. I know I can get my car to work on that hard, shitty-ass tire. And everybody can get decent on a soft, fast tire yeah makes them harder i can i can pass more cars on a hard shitty tire than i can yeah. on a soft tire
2: I, I think that works my only like big rebuttal to that is if if you're gonna run if you're gonna run a racetrack like midville every week on a hard shitty ass tire with an outlaw car where you do want to go run the clash or something like that oh you're screwed you're
1: fucked you're you know,
2: you're completely out, but it's it's another class, in my opinion. It is.
1: It's almost like, you know. But that's the only that here. I guess. What's Midville want to be? Do we want to be an outlaw car? That's that's what I need to figure out. And that, or and do now, we want to be a limited late model car? And now, kind
2: of like with the rules that they've changed, you know, I've had to sit down and look at the rules again. When when you're building cars for people, not even for myself, but you're gonna put like I'm putting together a car for a guy who won the championship there last year, putting together another car for a guy who wants to win the championship this year and who's won championships in the past. They want to go run midvale every week. Right. And they want to win a championship. Yeah. So when you go to put this car together, you've got to sit down and make sure that there's no changes in the rules. I pull up the rules and what do I find? Everything's different. Everything's different. And now it's like, if you're going to be competitive, I, I guess I wouldn't say if you're going to be competitive. If you're going to build a car for Midvale, like if I was to make my car to get the most out of it that I could at Midvale, I can't run anywhere else. Because the spoiler's six inches higher than everywhere else. The roof's two inches lower than everywhere else. The nose overhang is six inches longer than everywhere else. the it like you, you, Well, five inches longer than everywhere else. You go through all that stuff, it's like you'd have to if you wanted to get the most out of your car at Midvale, you'd have to have a completely different body package than what you're gonna run anywhere else. So to me it tells them that they're it to, what it tells me in my head is they're trying to gear the cars for midvale only.
1: Yeah, so why so
2: So why not go to it like you're, you're saying, not why not just go to there. another tire because nobody is gonna take a car down there that's gonna run one anywhere else? Right.
1: And you and probably honestly like.
2: I hate that theory. I like the be symmetrical about. Like, just make your rules like everybody else's.
1: Yeah, but be they they didn't do that. No, they went the other way. So I mean, like right there for a, for Midville just being Midville, and they want to just be Midville. There's nothing <laughs> else close to them. To be honest with you, Mm-mm. they can make their body rules wherever they want, and they could run Cobra tires, and it ain't gonna affect anybody other than like possibly two people at the most three if they get a bug up their butt yeah you know what i mean like because
2: nobody else is going anywhere else nobody's going anywhere else
1: so why not like why not other than to make money on selling tires
2: and they obviously can't like cater the rules to what i'm doing because i run down there three times a fucking year you know what i mean right like it's not like i'm going there every week and than trying to go somewhere else once in a while, right? The only person who's doing who runs down there a lot and goes other places is Brandon.
1: Yeah, and if it comes down to it, he'll just build another car. He's got three cars already. <laughs> he can have a Midville car and an everywhere else, two everywhere else cars. Yeah, how many cars have they got right now? Three.
0: They're down I don't to even two now. Down to two.
1: I thought there was two at this shop. His shop.
2: That's the ones already bought.
1: Oh, okay. Because yeah. i seen just didn't that want.
2: black one. Yeah, they're down to two.
1: Just two, okay.
2: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'd rather just the symmetry and rules. Because then, too, if you want to put it like they, they kicked around that idea last year. They're going to run a $7,000 to win show for the July 4th race. And and try to make it a big deal. You're not going to get anybody else to come down there and put a two-barrel on their car.
1: Not a two-barrel. And definitely not now to change all the body is- shit. How crazy is it? How crazy is it? I guarantee you'd probably get more cars show up with a goofy body rule. Than a oh yeah. Than a two barrel. Even oh, though they'd spend a thousand dollars changing their body. Cause that's fun. For one race. But they wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on a good two barrel carburetor.
2: I still think July third, you need to run a fucking run what you brung fucking outlaw late model race. Sideboards, no roofs, whole fucking deal. That'd be cool as shit.
1: I'd be all in. Probably put like some, you put like twelve inch boards down the side, just twelve foot bars, not twelve inch, twelve, 12 foot, foot boards, 12 yeah, twelve foot boards.
2: You just throw all the rules Get out. Get a
1: sprint window. car wing. Put some probably probably put like some eight hundred pound left side springs in the car, and just let her at some bitch eat.
0: Let that motherfucker be eat. So fun. But you know what It'd be nobody so does. So fun.
1: You know what I? You know what I? One of these you years.
0: You know how many people
2: would fucking show up for that?
1: You know what I want to do? One, like this year, next year, and then next. Let's just say the next three years. I want to go to the Call of the Wild. And run it? Yes. At Kalamazoo. All right. I wanna go. You because got a, you there's, got a late
2: model sitting around.
1: Because there's something I i I could be wrong. I've never been there. But it's,
2: weird. I, it's a weird
1: beast. I think they're doing I, I think the there's, zoo? there's doing there there's something I don't know if they're doing. Granted, I haven't been there. There's something I'd want to try that I don't know if they're doing that I think would make that thing just suck down the ground. Are you going to publicly announce this? Or? Nope. You,
0: you can't, that to yourself, you can't huh? leave me hanging like that. No, nope, he's keeping that to himself. That right? Mr. Tracksuit, it's fine. <laughs> you can fucking wait and figure it out later.
1: What, uh, what was the nephew's name on The Sopranos?
0: Fuck, are you asking the wrong dude?
1: Like I don't pay
0: attention to none of that the shit. He's got the
1: curly hair half fro like Emerson does. Of course he was never that tall, but that's what he reminds me of. I have no idea who you're talking about, I'm not gonna lie. You ever the Sopranos? Mm. Nah. nah. He was probably in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> that we, is also a possibility. Should we wrap this thing up soon, do you think?
0: Nah, we're good. Okay. I mean how do you wanna go? It's only
1: 11:30 Yeah, what time do we actually start? Uh 2 hours
0: 30 minutes ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think I think it's going rather well. If I do say so
1: myself. I think so. Uh, What's huh? that? I said we can wrap it up here in a minute. It don't matter to me but Man, you got me. You got me wondering about your idea here. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's anything Hugely special, but I just don't know if they... I don't know if anybody's are they are they belly pain in the cars? I have no idea. Like I feel like there's a lot of gain right there if they're not. I'd like to. I wish we could do more of that shit. I
2: don't know. Like my my problem with racing is, and you and I have had this conversation, especially with the modifieds, is racing's always moved with the automotive world. Like you used to be able to get, when you were racing in the sixties, you cut up a car from the forties. You took it and you went to the racetrack. When you're racing in the eighties, you cut up a car from the sixties. You went to the racetrack and raced it. When you're racing in the early two thousands or late nineties, you were cutting up cars from the eighties, taking them to the racetrack. You can't
1: cut up a car from 2010 no. and take it to the racetrack. I was going to say,
0: that is not the case now. Well,
1: And here's the other crazy thing. <laughs> In the 90s and 2000s, the street stocks and sportsman cars were from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now they're all from 1985. Yeah. Every, except for like two cars. Dennis Wood. hmm Everybody else has a Monte Carlo, which I don't get because Dennis wins a lot of the races. So, why has everybody got a Monte Carlo? And the Camaro I built last year. Don't take it away from that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I forgot about the Monte Carlo. The Camaro,
2: the the Camaro should have built. built a Firebird. The Camaro was sweet. the same, same thing. a Firebird. You just changed the badge. Oh. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but, no, like I, that's it, my thing. Like, it's I annoying. Mean, my cousin Ed's car, he ran... Like a 94 Camaro. Did I say that wrong? No. Oh. Cousin Ed had a car? My cousin Ed? Yeah. Like, like crazy Eddie? No, no, no. No. Ed Middall. Not. You would erase not
0: like not, not like bullets, Eddie.
2: No, no, no not, not do it. Uh, not that's fast, Eddie.
1: Not Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Van Halen. No, no. no. Uh, no. all right, no. fast Eddie. That's
0: I'm like, no, like no, I was cousin like, Ed. he used to drive. No, did cousin he? Damn. Can we get
1: fast Eddie on
2: this, bitch? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but no, cousin Ed, in like, so he started racing. 94, 95, something like that. So I run street stocks at Lorraine. Had like a Firebird. He always had a Firebird, but it was like... What would that have been? Like this late 70s, early 80s yeah, Firebird? Think, yeah. Where like Tedesco had a 80s Camaro or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? He raced against them guys. And then he was running Ohio stock a lot at Lorraine, like against Jimmy Carter. And he had a Firebird Jimmy had like a third design howl car <laughs> Ed had a freaking stock car that he built the frame around, but uh, like his body style that he always ran, he ran a lot was a like 94 Camaro, you know, which was like the next generation from what everybody thought they had to run five or 10 years ago in a super late model and 92 Camaro the only reason they called it 92 Camaros is because that's the last freaking year they built the son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, but like that right there just shows the evolution of how it hasn't.
2: It's evolved. it's like now. You got a street stock. They want you to run a fucking Muncie transmission. There's none left.
1: Right. I got like eight of them. but Well, you're, uh, <laughs> the, there's there's a few people that are hoarding
2: them. But there's not a lot of them left. Yeah. And like... If somebody brings me a Muncie and wants me to completely go through it, delete first and second gear, go through all the work, put all the parts in it, new bearings, new seals, new all that shit, blast the cases. Most of them have the ears broke off the case. You got to weld them back on Then put the case in the mill, surface the fucking face of it, put it back in. By the time you do all that, you're going to wrap $800 in labor up into a Muncie that you already had to pay $800 for. Yep. So before you know it, you're sixteen hundred bucks deep on a Muncie, and that's on the cheap end, and then you gotta buy a clutch and everything else for it. Why not just give them a burt And you can go order a Falcon or whatever, you know, that style of transmission. That is the one brand new for fucking thirteen hundred bucks or fourteen hundred bucks bolted in your fucking car, and you don't need a clutch, you don't need all this bullshit, and it's it's a cheap upgrade and it doesn't gain you much. Like it's not like you're going to put a Burt in your car and pick up two tents
1: here. That's one rule in the modifies that I wish they change is you're allowed to have any transmission. Mm-hmm. So there's guys that have fucking high tower, Jericho's like Jericho's T T Texas, Texas, whatever, yeah, is, T-T-Texas, T-T-Texas, six whatever is they, they are, shit, Yeah, you know, and they shift. Mm-hmm. You can't beat a freaking shifter with a freaking bird or a bread. You can't. No,
2: not on a restart. Not on a restart. And even then, coming through traffic like that, Jericho, I ran for a while. Mm-hmm. If I was in traffic at Midville, I slammed it in third gear because it was like one fourteen to one. Instead of one. so, it gave you a few extra points. It gave you a little bit extra gear, so you run it in third if you're in traffic because there's all that time. Like when I'm bouncing off the chip with my car during qualifying. You're not going to bounce off the chip with it in traffic. Right. But if you can drop down to There's a 114 to one, that's something close. You can run in third gear the whole time you're going through traffic. And then when you need the extra speed, you just yank that bitch into fourth. It's an advantage. But like making these street stock guys stick to a Muncie just feels like a fucking time machine. Yeah. Like they don't make them anymore. And we're, they're running out of them. It's more expensive. To build a Muncie and put it in a car. Then it's to throw a bird in the motherfucker. Be done with it.
1: And nobody's shifting on a restart with a Muncie. No, I never tried it. (laughs) I ran a Muncie for a lot of years, and I never, (laughs) never once shifted with it. No. Because I figured if I did, that was going to be the last time I did it. Right. Now, I tell you what, though. (laughs) A little more talent than me, but uh, Dad did it back in the 90s, 91. (laughs) <laughs> Dad ran Motor Drum Jennerstown, and everybody had a Jericho, and Dad had a Muncie. Well, there's a way to modify him to make and he, it work. And he had mean, he had to shift. I mean, that was just what it was.
2: We did that shit a bunch, grinding all the fucking teeth off the synchronizers. No. Not. Grind all the teeth off the synchronizers for like a few of them and try to make it shiftable. Yeah. We used to do that shit at Baker's. like, And that was, fuck when I was working there, that was 10 years ago. We were doing that shit. Was it ten? I worked there. I, Actually, it, yeah, it
0: was more than. I worked. 12 ago. Ago. 12.
2: I left there in 20, 2012.
1: Yeah, that's
0: 12 years ago. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Oh, was that
2: fucking long ago. Twenty
0: twenty four. I was gonna say it's twenty twenty four, but
2: yeah, when I left there, that was, like doesn't seem. You know what I mean? I know what you. Doesn't meant. seem like that long ago, no, no, but like no. we were doing that. Shit, then. And I remember him, like, he had Muncie and Saginaw parts just stockpiled. But it was then, it was like, you got to put all these the guys at the street stocks are bringing these Muncie's that are just fucking, the cases are junk. Oh,
1: every case and I got.
2: And you're trying to throw parts in them. Every
1: case I got has ears, has either, has some kind of flange welded on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a simple solution. It's a a fucking fourteen
1: hundred dollar Falcon,
2: <laughs> and be done with it.
1: Yeah, because if not, if you gotta, if you have to run a Muncie, you got to buy that new case. Well, how much is that case? Like six or seven hundred dollars. I mean, yeah,
2: and then like not everybody puts them together on their own, which I think more people could do a lot better and save money by just
1: learning to do more shit. Yeah, but. I'm going to save that for retirement. Do the shit for the people. (laughs) Learn how to do more shit on my own. All right, before we wrap this up,
2: Sybilla, do aliens exist or not?
0: We can't go down this fucking rabbit hole tonight. It's
2: not a rabbit hole.
0: It's just a quick question. It's a fucking rabbit hole. This is a fucking process.
1: I think aliens exist.
0: I mean,
2: and that's a good enough answer for me.
0: No, no, you wanted to go somewhere way further than that. What's your feeling? You don't want to know. (laughs) Yeah, time for that. You should not not have asked. (laughs) That's that's a whole fucking category in itself. All right. Good night. Is that a wrap? That's it. Yep. All right. Well, I guess we're done.